What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 101 this week. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. Got that big 100 behind us. I know, right? On to the next 100, right? I know. (laughs) Only 99 to go after this one. It's going to be great. Exactly, exactly. It feels like (laughs) almost like a restart rebirth it does kind of. it does it's weird it's weird but last week's episode was just freaking phenomenal man oh I mean, man dude the response that we've gotten over the last couple of months yeah from like the all of the just the guests that we've had on and all of our it, it's just been unbelievable man yeah i mean how do i i can't say enough man just huge thank you to all of our listeners for kicking off 2020 so freaking yep. epic for us man yeah like it's been crazy epic seriously and i mean we're gonna keep that trend going too too, because we got the one and only Kevin Weissman yes. coming on the show today from Marvel's Runaways, going back a little bit to your time, Alias, <laughs> Alias uh, back in right. the day, and I mean, he was on Clerks 2, he worked with the one and only Kevin Smith, yes. and he talks about that a little bit, guys, so I cannot wait for everybody to hear that interview, it's going to be so good. It's going to be, it's yeah, it's Hell fantastic. Yeah. Hell yeah, and I mean, of course course we got to introduce ourselves before we get this thing started myself jlo fantastic and the one and only mouth what up oh my goodness we got so much to talk about the oscars were last sunday so of course we're talking about that Ooh. uh there were some snubs in my opinion um some surprises yeah that yeah. nobody was gonna think happen and i mean plus there was some people left out of the memorial mm-hmm. thing talk about that in a second but their uh, official statement as to why is Pretty shitty. Yeah, it's- I, I, it was a weak ass attempt to explain why they weren't in there. In my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, we'll talk about that. Hell yeah. But- Hell yeah. But I mean, you know, we're talking Disney, Netflix, all that good stuff because, like, like the last hundred episodes and the next hundred episodes, yeah. we're going to be talking about Disney, yeah. Netflix, and Hulu. But before we get this thing started, even though we have a little bit, uh, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com. Be sure to head over to our merchandise tab. Just added some new designs. We got our new podcast graphic with Bonk sitting at the desk. He's got some headphones on with a microphone in front of him designed by yours truly. And then we added the new and improved Bonk last week. So some new stuff to put up there. We're thinking about some other new designs that are coming shortly, guys. Are coming shortly. Maybe a holy moly. Maybe a holy moly, oh, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. thinking also uh, parentheses, hell yeah, and then quotations, J-Lo fantastic. Because <laughs> uh, got to give a shout out to Rachel Dean because she's been phenomenal on social media, liking everything, commenting on everything. We appreciate everything you're doing for us. And holy crap, here we go. Let's get another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talk about Oscars. Let's start off with the Oscars. Uh surprisingly it had a little slump in the ratings it did they thought they were going to capitalize on the success that they saw last year when it went up in the ratings a little bit but uh going hostless yeah but it backfired uh it was only watched by 23.6 million viewers Mm. which is still huge yeah but it's the lowest rated oscars since they started keeping nielsen ratings way back in the 70s it's the lowest ever yeah um a 20 percent drop uh from last year so i mean it it backfired that they went hostless i think a lot of people tuned in last year like you know a train wreck they wanted to see it they wanted to see what it would be like without a host yeah 
they didn't have that desire this yeah. year. They saw it without a host last year. Yeah, but I mean, we should say the Oscars was still the most watched award show it is. of the season so far. And maybe, honestly, everything's online now and you can get a clip from people's Oscar speeches. It's so true. Maybe people aren't just going to tune in to watch the three hour show anymore. It's true. But I mean, beats the Grammys by five million, beats the Golden Globes by almost five and a half million. So people, you know are still kind of tuning in, but you're right. You can see everything online. It's unfortunate, though, in my opinion, because I thought, honestly, it was extremely entertaining this year. I mean, they they took a real uh, women aside because there's still issues there, but it was focused a lot on diversity this year, and I thought Janelle Monae did a fantastic job with the opening sequence, and uh, there was a lot of great musical stuff, a fucking surprise performance by Eminem, like all kinds of really epic shit that if you didn't watch it, you missed. Yeah, So. Um, it's a it's a shame that it was it's so low in the ratings, but Agreed. it is what it is, right? I know, right? And we were just talking about it. The Academy left off a few notable names in last year's memoriam mm. segment, um, including Luke Perry, yes. uh, Cameron Boyce from Disney Channel, and Sid Haig. Yeah, right? who's yeah, you guys know him, old school horror guy. Yeah. I mean, like real famous in horror films, and and like, how do you like leave them off? Yeah, and this is what their excuse was officially. The Academy receives hundreds of requests to include loved ones and industry colleagues in the Oscars in memoriam segment. The organization said in a statement that it, uh, the executive committee representing every branch considers the list and makes selections for the telecast based on a limited available time. All of the submissions are included in Oscar.com, and you can see them throughout the entire year. That's just a lame-ass excuse. Right. Like, you got Kobe in. Exactly. You could have got – Luke died well before Kobe. Like, like, come on, man. I mean, they got literally two people that died just like a few days before the Oscars. You included them, but you can't get somebody that died in well, March. The thing is, it seems like they're just trying to make excuses for them literally forgetting people. Exactly. Because these people died at the beginning of the – year exactly so it's okay just say you forgot i mean you've been doing it a lot in the past couple I, I years don't, but what the fuck but i don't understand how you fucking forget luke perry he yeah. was in a film that was nominated for best picture exactly he I, he was fucking in the once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> you've been talking about once upon a time in hollywood all fucking year you nominated it for best picture you nominated brad pitt you nominated leo dicaprio how do you fucking forget somebody that was in that movie right like uh, especially the scene the scene he has with leo is so fucking epic exactly how do you forget him i, I just think you're right it, it's a it's an excuse to say that they forgot and and just yeah it's it, freaking it, man. crazy man it is but uh parasite was the big winner of the night it won best picture best international feature film which is that's the first to ever do that both categories together uh original screenplay and Bong Jong Ho won Best Director. Yeah, yeah, super and crazy. First time a non-English language film won Best Picture. Yeah, that's like, I mean, first time. You guys remember Okja? Yeah. That Netflix film about the giant ass pig with like Lily Collins and Glenn from The Walking Dead and shit. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. I mean, <laughs> think about that for a minute. Uh, you know, Snowpiercer with Chris Evans, that weird ass mm-hmm. movie with the you know apocalyptic train ride yeah. kind of shit. Same guy. Yeah. Um. 
Now he's got four Oscars. Yeah, exactly. And he, so with that, guys, ties Disney. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ties Disney for the one night total. He's not tied. Walt Disney has the most Oscars by a landslide. But he did tie Walt Disney's record with winning four in one night. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Four Oscars in one night. But a little bit differentiate between Walt won for four different films in one night. Bong Joe Hu won for one film. Four Oscars for one film. Yeah. So there you go. Exactly. Quite the man. impressive. Uh, you know, when you match Disney in anything, yeah. you're, you're doing something right. Seriously, I mean, got to watch this one because our guest last week, Rebecca Kennedy, she was talking about how she's just still thinking about it. So yeah. really got to watch this one, especially after one best picture. So kudos to them and i mean everybody who's a part of the team yeah um lead actress went to renee zellweger you called this one yeah judy saw the film um but i mean there was a lot of notable actors that could have won that there could have i mean i i mean i i think all of them were we talked about this you know over the past couple of weeks leading up to the oscars but i really feel like for the first time in a really long time all of the nominees Mm -hmm were worthy of winning. Because let's admit it, over the past couple of years, there's been some shit that was nominated like, what the fuck? Yeah, why, yeah, I, why is... But... I feel this year they were all worthy. So yeah. if like whoever won, I'd have been okay with. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, which is rare because you know normally, like I said, now if they could just fucking get some women nominated, right? And they could get Michael B. Jordan a fucking Oscar. Okay, <laughs> this guy. That's why it pisses me off. Like I said, the past couple of years they nominate shit that should have never gotten nominated, and they leave off shit that should. I feel like Michael B. Jordan over the last couple of years has been in so much shit and given so many worthy performances, and hasn't even gotten enough nomination yeah just mercy did Good anybody much. the same people that missed fucking luke perry must have been looking at it like in just mercy and missed just mercy yeah because exactly. that was an oscar worthy performance man just exactly. saying he was the top of the bill above <laughs> jamie fox Academy exactly. Award winner how do Larson. you not see that movie and nominate this guy i just i don't i don't even know yeah I don't even so good know. man so good uh lead actor by no surprise went to joaquin Phoenix. yeah he deserved that one i loved his tribute to his brother that was really good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Um, supporting actress went to Laura Dern for Marriage Story. This is by no surprise. She's been racking them all up. Yeah, and um, I was shocked shows. to find out, though, first Oscar. Really? It's her first Oscar. She's wow. been doing it for, like, I mean, 40-plus years, yeah. man. And she's been in some epic shit. Yeah. She comes from royalty. I mean, you know, they were mom and dad. So, I mean, it, it just, like, Hollywood royalty. So, been in the game. And, yeah, I was shocked to hear that was her first Oscar. But yeah, hell yeah. congratulations to her, man. Hell, yeah. You know, she grew up with Spencer, our buddy Spencer Garrett. Really? Childhood awesome. friends. He posted a picture I saw on, on social media, and it's them as kids. I guess they're, like, eight years old and he's like whispering in her ear and he captioned it i whispered in her ear that she was gonna win an oscar 40 years from now <laughs> yeah and, you, know, so, you know something to that effect yeah. so yeah but they've been lifelong friends and i thought it was pretty funny man that is pretty funny uh supporting actor goes to my boy brad pitt yes. once upon a time in hollywood Very well, well deserved, deserved. Oh, yeah. um director like we said bong jong ho for parasite just killing it uh original song goes to i'm gonna love me again rocket man yeah that was a given yeah. i mean there was a lot of great songs they were all good but i mean it come on it's it's sir elton john right i mean and it's a story of overcoming everything that he went through to get where he's at i, I just felt like that was a given hell yeah hell yeah original go original score goes to joker mm. hildor 
Yeah, uh, one adult year. Yeah. Congratulations sure. to her because she's been winning a lot. She won at the Golden Globes as well, like a whole bunch. So. I yeah, and again, another one well deserved. I mean, if you guys saw Joker, I mean, come on. There's a lot of time throughout Joker where there's no dialogue, exactly, and it's being moved by, by the, the music, score, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I just feel so well deserved. I mean, th- her her score just kind of takes you deep into his fucking psychotic yeah. breakdown like i yeah. mean it, it yeah she was awesome and she thanked uh, bradley cooper <laughs> yeah yeah that was awesome because not a lot of people knew that, that he, he was, was a, producer. a producer exactly so, so awesome you know to get some acknowledgement uh for best international feature film like we said parasite yep, just yep. racking them in uh makeup and hair definitely deserve goes to bombshell oh yeah looks oh, yeah. exactly like the people i mean come on it was like megan kelly starred the movie I know. not charlie's there and no. i mean it, the makeup was so good yeah i mean sca- i would like i haven't seen anybody do it yet or maybe i missed it but i would have loved to have seen a picture of them at charlie's there and as megan kelly next to an actual megan kelly because i swear yeah. to god you wouldn't be able to tell the difference yeah, they, i mean they looked so it, yeah Good Oscar, good Oscar. Hell yeah. Visual effects goes to mm-hmm. 1917. Definitely. I mean, just that one continuous shot. I'm not oh surprised. Oh my gosh. Um, film editing goes to Ford versus Ferrari, a sleeper that I feel like should have been nominated for more. So congratulations to them. Cinematography, again, 1917. Yeah, Roger uh, Deakins, yeah. legend. Yeah, the guy's a legend. Love to have him on the show. I know, right? Just to hear this guy's thought process on how he goes into shooting everything. Yeah. I mean, come on. Did Mudbound and, yeah. like, I mean, just so many epic films over the last 10 15 years exactly. this guy's legendary man hell yeah uh sound mixing goes to 1917 yep, yep. as well uh sound editing goes to ford versus ferrari makes sense yeah uh best documentary short subjects goes to learning to skateboard learning to skateboard in a war zone yeah oh, at while a girl i think i left off while a girl but it, it, it's focused on girls yeah you know overcoming being over there in in, in the war zone where women are not allowed to do shit. Right. And kind of saying, oh, we're going to fucking do it anyway. Break the yeah. kind of rules and shit. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely worth Oscar. Hell yeah. Uh, best documentary feature goes to American Factory. The Obamas. Yeah. Yep. Not there to, to receive, but they were producers. Their first feature. Yeah. That was their first Netflix project. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Costume design goes to Little Women by no surprise. Yeah. Everybody loves those period pieces. Jane Austen. Um, production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm glad this one won. Yeah. Because if you are in L.A., you clearly see that L.A. 2020, or when they shot this, 2018, 2019, is not L.A. 1960s and 70s okay it looks completely different other than a few of the iconic thing so the the way they were able to just remake hollywood in all these locations you know 40 years earlier was just amazing i'm glad they won because agreed Agreed. that's not easy to do no definitely not uh best live action short film goes to the neighbor's window yep yep uh adapted screenplay goes to jojo rabbit Taika Watiti. Yes. That's awesome, man. He deserves one. Yep. Um, original screenplay goes to Parasite. Um, animated short film goes to Hair Love. Yep. And animated feature. I am so happy this one won because I watched it on Disney Plus and it's phenomenal. Get everybody watch it. Uh, Toy Story 4. Yeah, yeah. It's really see, good. See how we end it there, Toy Story 4? Because yeah. it leads right into yeah. that transition, man. Yeah. <sighs> a talent yeah disney <laughs> and back to taiki waiti uh he has gained a co-writer for thor love and thunder 
Um, Jennifer Caton Robinson, who wrote and directed the Netflix movie Someone Great, mm. has come on board to co-write the script with him. Nice. Um, and production is going to start later this year. So yeah. it makes sense. It's, I mean, it's all about Jane Foster and a female yeah. Thor. You kind of want a female point of view right. going in, exactly. right? I mean, And I mean, he's a very busy person. So yeah. any and all help that he gets on projects is going to help speed things up a little bit. Because, Definitely. I mean, he's, he's kind of another one of Disney's golden boys right now. Yeah. He's a been along the ride with star wars and marvel yeah and so. he's petitioning pretty hard for after thor to get a star wars movie exactly. he wants to direct a star wars movie he's gonna have to petition really hard for that though because they remember we announced last week on the show that that movies theatrical star wars movies are indefinitely on hold yeah it's all well, about I the mean, streaming I saw, now so. i saw a thing the other day and i don't know if it was for streaming um it said that after 2021 or 2022, there's going to be a Star Wars film every year. Now, that could mm. be a rumor, and it could be just for streaming. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting because uh, it just seems like a lot of people are interested in the franchise again. They they are, but I think that they should focus on the series and keep doing that yeah. and let the movies kind of recoup a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, you know... You just ended a saga, yeah. a 40-year saga. Yeah. Let that rest a little bit, yeah. in my opinion. I'm hoping that's a rumor because, like I said, Kathleen Kennedy at the event last week specifically stated they're on hold for a while, yeah. that she was focused on getting the series up off the ground. So, uh, you know, they're doing a Rogue One uh, prequel series yeah. kind of a thing. So yeah. hopefully, I, I, I don't know. We don't want more disasters like uh, Han Solo, you know, and, yeah. and like, you know. Which I mean was a box office disaster. I liked it. I liked and it you too. Said you liked it too. I, I re- I really enjoyed it. But that's my point. We yeah. fans, I think, need to have that rest period so yeah. they don't get burnt out and yeah. so it doesn't ruin the franchise. Right. You know, because yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, and especially like this next one. I mean, Disney has officially put in development a sequel to the live action Aladdin. Movie, yeah, which is going to be really interesting because. The second one of the original Aladdins, uh, the cartoon ones, did not do very yeah, well. But which... <laughs> it, it wasn't Robin Williams as the genie, so maybe if they get something right, they bring back freaking Will Smith as the genie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, I mean, even more so why they're going with a completely original storyline and not focusing on the sequels to the cartoons because, like you said, they didn't do very yeah, well. Yeah, that's good. So, I hope they bring back Guy Ritchie because he did really well. Uh, yeah, and I think um, it... They, they, it's not going to Disney Plus. You know, nowadays everybody thinks whenever they announce something, it's immediately Disney Plus, but it's not. It's no. going to be theatrical like the yeah. first live action Aladdin. So there you go. Exactly. Now, this next one, we talked about Rick Moranis saying no to Ghostbusters. They tried to get him back for the new Ghostbusters, but apparently Paramount didn't have money. And uh, I'm not saying this was a money deal, but yeah. apparently Disney was able to lure him back out of retirement for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, yeah. the new sequel coming out. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, this was supposed to be longtime rumored Disney Plus, but it's going to the theaters. Yeah. It's going to be a theatrical release. Yeah. I think maybe because that one, he was more of the main character and maybe more attached to this franchise than he was the Ghostbuster franchise because he was only in the first one. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if it's any good and if he still has his uh, acting 
acting uh, shirt <laughs> that you can put on because it's been a while, man. It's been like twenty plus. It years. has been. It has. So. But he's gonna. It. I think it's gonna be more like of a supporting type role. Josh Gad is like the lead. Yeah. And I think Rick's playing his dad. Because yeah. you know Gad's playing the son's character, and yeah. um, so you know it should be, it should be pretty good. Joe Johnston directing. He's gonna be get back to direct. Yeah. Uh, Captain America director there first of Avenger. So I think it should be really good. Yeah. I think it should be really good. Seriously, and I mean speaking of an a-list cast mm. michael b jordan margot roby and christian bale yes oof, yes are all coming on board to for david o russell's currently untitled new uh residency film yeah yeah uh no details yet because they're keeping it close to the, the vest but uh he's going to write it it's a, based on an original script that he's doing um this is exciting because you know david o russell his shit is always like blockbuster oscar worthy stuff yeah you know if you don't if you know you remember the hustler and joy and um silver linings playbook and mm. like all these things you know that th- this is the guy man maybe this will be the movie that michael b gets the nomination maybe that's all i'm saying like, like yeah. jennifer lawrence and christian bale have gotten and even bradley cooper numerous oscar nominations on david russell films yeah Maybe this is it for Michael B. Right. I'm just saying. Maybe Michael B is going to come on board and he's finally going to get his Oscar you nomination. Don't, don't, uh, I don't know. But I'm excited about it. I mean, with that cast, and there's rumors floating all around that they're trying to get Bob De Niro and oh, a couple wow. of other big names on board on this film. Yeah. And that, I mean, the the Hustler, was, wasn't that the one with uh, Christian Bale, uh, Jennifer lawrence and amy adams like in the 70s i feel like that one was overshadowed because it came right out right along the time as uh, wolf of wall street yeah and it was brilliant yeah. it was a great film so and uh, i mean i think it's silver linings playbook come on that was fantastic yeah um so this guy's got a track record man and yeah. Yeah, i mean it's gonna be interesting to see yeah and i mean speaking of a track record we got the one and only lauren graham coming back to play the lead and co-executive produce for the one and only mighty duck series guys this one caught me off guard right i mean i would have never associated lauren graham with mighty ducks yeah like what we've been talking about this mighty ducks reboot for like you know several shows now you know over the past couple months never would have i thought we would be saying lauren graham attached no i mean but you know how often do because you know you guys have been listening to the show for the whole two years you know all of us are huge gilmore girls fans and parenthood fans and we've been saying over and over, Lauren Graham needs to come back on television. Definitely. We need to see Lauren Graham. And now she's just killing it. She's got Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. She's like slamming back on television. Right. So, I mean, good. Because, yeah. I mean, and I'm just going to keep with the Michael B. Jordan thing. But now I'm going to do Lauren Graham. Can she win a fucking Emmy now? <laughs> oh, Can somebody give her an Emmy award? Uh, because, oh, my God, this is another person who should have long won one. Right. Um, just saying. So funny. But they are following the streaming quota. Um, it's going to be like 10 episodes at Disney+. Plus. Yes. The reboot is set in present-day Minnesota, where the Mighty Ducks have evolved from the scrappy underdogs into an ultra-competitive powerhouse youth hockey team. So they are the people that Emilio Estevez and the original franchise didn't want them to be. Exactly. So it'll be interesting if he has any role in that. That's still in talks to see if he'll come back. But uh, after the 12-year-old Evan is cut from the Mighty Ducks, he and his mom, Lauren Graham, set out to build their own ragtag team of misfits and challenge the Mighty Ducks, who are the big 
badasses now. Yes. So, so it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I do hope that they can work out the negotiations with Emilio, though, and bring Gordon back. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, if you're going to do Mighty Ducks, you got to at least have somebody from the Mighty Ducks in there. Right. Maybe a cameo from Joshua Jackson yeah. or like, you know, like 10 episodes. I feel like you can load up on the cameos. Yeah. I mean, you know. And it's just it's going to be interesting because, like, is Emilio still going to be the coach? Is like, is he going to have anything to do with the Mighty Ducks? Maybe they can get Jesse Smollett back because he's facing so much legal trouble. Mm, nah, so. <laughs> he's no, going to no. be in jail. I don't think he's going to be able to. Oh that, that would God. be a scheduling conflict. Well, they, I mean, they said ragtag misfits. I mean, from jail. <laughs> that's a ragtag misfit. They have a work release program right. for him. You know, he's got to, yeah, you can go film, but you got to wear the ankle bracelet and, you know, you got to do it. All right, this next one, too. This is a Another one that caught me off guard, not not the fact that Turner and Hooch was coming back as a series. We had been talking about that for a couple weeks, but Josh Peck yeah. is going to play the role that Tom Hanks yeah. played in the movie. I like Josh Peck. I do too, and I think it's because he's got such a friend or a kid-friendly attitude, and I think that's where he shines. He tried to do some more adult stuff, yeah, like, yeah. but I just don't think it was connecting with a lot of people. So I feel like this will probably be good and get a larger audience for Disney+. Plus. Another original show that I think will do well. Will Drake be in it? Uh, maybe a cameo. You I mean, Drake, poor Drake has been just regulated to like voiceover work I and know. some sparse appearances and stuff, and it's yeah. like, come on, man. I know. They've been... I wonder if Turner and Hooch does really well, we'll finally see the Drake and Josh reboot. Right. Because they've been talking about that forever, too. Yeah. And let's be honest about it. I mean, Josh been doing pretty good, but Miranda and, and Drake, they maybe could use that Drake and Josh reboot. I mean, they Just kind saying. of fell off, yeah, a little bit. Paramount, get your Disney, or get your Nick side back together. Like, <laughs> but I mean, for real, though, I liked Drake and Josh. I did, too. You know, I mean, come on now. that They're all like, you know. Or maybe Miranda and Drake could go on tour together. Yeah. They both sing. Remember, they both started exactly. music careers or whatever. Maybe they could do that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, a whole bunch of Matt Nix, it. though. Matt Nix is doing this. I'm really excited about that. He's the guy behind The Gifted mm. on Fox. The, you know, the, the X-Men show on that. So really good to see that he's going to be running the show. Yeah. It's going to be pretty awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, he was... Uh, uh, Drake Bell was uh, the ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, okay. doing the voiceover for Spidey, yeah. That really sucks because I feel like he got tight-knit at our casting, so it feels like he can only do that. And he's probably still fo- trying to focus on his music career because it looks like he's put out a couple music videos. Yeah, uh, yeah. And but, that's... I mean, it, it sucks when it's like that, bro. It <laughs> is. I mean, and then... And... That huge misstep when he did that live action Timmy Turner thing. Oh, fairly god. Like, what the fuck was that? That was really bad. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Now I'm an 80s guy. Yes. So you know I'm excited about this. And then also a little worried because it's a really weird premise. Oh, God. Fox, Disney, has given a pilot order for a Goonies reenactment series. Mm. Yeah, I, I said that right. A reenactment series. Basically, what this is, it's going to be, it centers on a substitute teacher who had, like, made her move to New York to try to make it big and and kind of failed. So she comes back to her old hometown to be a substitute teacher. And then she recruits a trio of students to help her reenact the Goonies movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it's, like, not even, like, the characters. It's just a reenactment. It's, it's like, yeah, about people that are reenacting the Goonies. 
And this so, is a series? Yeah. How is this going to be a series? I, I, I like, don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited because, I mean, everybody's been talking about the Goonies making a comeback forever. Everybody wants it. Right. But this, this isn't, is this isn't this, the Goonies. I mean, like, yeah. Like, like uh, it's going to be. Do we get a payoff at the end? Like maybe this teacher and her kids do such an epic reenactment that the Goonie stars like come to see them right, or like they like, – I mean are we going to see any real Goonie people like right. in this? Because if not, I – I know. Like, I don't know. They're going to actually be like a one-eyed Willie shit. I, I, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, shit, like I just treasure, – like, I don't know, man. I'm a little like eh. – so, I, I know. I'm not – and that's for uh, the TV side of things, right? Yep. Not streaming. Yeah, so no, nope, just on Fox. Yeah, yeah so that, I think that's going to be a miss. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Yeah, I it mean, now. it's going to be a it, miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited, and then like I said, really worried. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Good luck with that. Well, I'm just going to butcher this one real quick uh, for all you fans <laughs> out there. Uh, Gugu Mabatha Ra. There you go. That's not bad. <laughs> from the morning show has been cast in. Loki, the series on Disney Plus yes. is coming soon. Details about Mabatha Raw's role are still under wraps, but it's said that it's a prominent character described as the female lead. Yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah. And then for how long? Because, I mean, from what we, everything we're hearing, he's like bouncing around the timeline and yeah. popping in and out in different things. So female lead for how long? Right. I mean, so that'll be really interesting. Right, exactly. I, I'm so excited for all these shows, though, like right. these Disney Marvel shows, man. Um, does, good news. Does Loki ever give a get a love interest? Sure. 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 Yeah. Well, he's a mind manipulator, remember? He yeah. can control your mind, so he can pretty much have whoever he wants. Maybe Loki will get some love in this uh, series. You I never mean, know. I really think that's the problem. All Loki has ever wanted is love love from his real uh, people, exactly. love from Odin, love from Thor. He's <laughs> never gotten the love, man. No, he just, just needs a hug. Yeah, he just needs a hug. Speaking oh. of, um, <laughs> Hawkeye, that series has not been getting some love uh recently the even though it was one of the first disney marvel series announced for disney plus but apparently it's back on track guys there we go it's back on track it's circling a september shooting date to start shooting um and here's the bad news though if you were really excited like i was for Haley steinfeld playing kate bishop it, it looks like it's not going to happen. Oh, no. Her commitments, her scheduling commitments for her Apple Plus series are just not really allowing them to work anything out. Mm. So it doesn't look like she's going to be able to come on board um, unless something changes. should say that Disney did say that she is still the first choice if something were to change. Yeah. But they have begun auditioning other actors for the role of Kate Bishop. Yeah, so, which kind of sucks because I was I was looking forward to that one. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I think she'd have been perfect. Uh, I mean, watch her in Bumblebee. You know she yeah. can pull off the action stuff. She's exactly. she's just yeah. I mean, come on now. Um, I'll tell you what though, Atlanta booming. Yeah. Not only is Hawkeye going to start shooting there in September, but they're also shooting Miss Marvel, She Hulk, Moon Knight, and like. Uh, Captain America, uh, yeah. I mean, not uh, Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all of them. They're all filming in Atlanta, man. They're they're just killing it for Marvel, man. Seriously, seriously. And I mean, from the studio that brought you <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. Far From Home. Uh, 
Like, whatever. But uh, Sony has announced a Marvel film is now set to release October 8th of 2021. Yeah, this was a big surprise. Yeah. This was a big surprise. And, I mean, this is the second film that's coming out in 2021 for Marvel slash Sony. Exactly. Uh, The first one is going to be the third uh, in the the Spider-Man trilogy. So, whatever, it's going to be Spider-Man something. Yeah. Uh, Home, yeah, I mean, will home be in the title? We don't know. No. Spidey comes back home because he's been on the run the whole time. I don't know. They're just throwing that out there for Marvel if they like that title. Spider-Man comes back home. There's a lot um, of rumors of who this character is going to be because no one knows yet. There's been no official announcement. But, yeah. Uh, there, a lot of people on Twitter are saying Craven, Craven. the Hunter. Yeah. 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 I would love if it was Craven the Hunter. Yeah. I think it would be badass. Um I mean, he's long been one of my favorite villains, and an epic fight between him and Spidey would be good. There's other rumors that it could be the potential Venom-Spidey mashup. Yeah. Um, y- you know, so who knows? Who knows? And I mean, Sony and Marvel, man, they're, they're playing some games right now, so yeah. it's going to be interesting. I think the only people who really have the superhero thing on lock is freaking Disney and Marvel. I mean... Sony is trying with their Marvel properties, and Warner Brothers or Warner Media is trying with their DC properties, but mm-hmm. nobody is doing it like Disney and Marvel right Which now. Which is maybe why Sony's trying so hard to merge with the MCU. Exactly. <laughs> so just please, you guys, just keep making us money. Speaking of, I just saw this story. Doing it right. Robert Downey Jr., after the first Iron Man movie, negotiated that new contract for Iron Man 2 with Kevin Feige. Under that new contract, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, he also negotiated himself a back-end deal off of all of the Avengers movies. Now, they just released that his salary, he got $20 million salary for, for each Avengers movie, but then... With his back end points, he also made off of Infinity War and Endgame a hundred and seventy five million dollars on top of the forty that he got in salary for yeah, the two movies. For the movies, a hundred and seventy five. Now RDJ knows how to work a back end deal. That's yeah. all. I'm saying. Seriously, man, one hundred and seventy five million dollars for those two movies. Damn. I know it's super crazy. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy, man. He's a smart guy. Hell yeah. Uh, Warner Media is not smart. No, though, by no. the way, because they just keep. Doing some weird things with these DC properties, like we said a little bit earlier. Uh, Birds of Prey, the uh, fantabulous emancipation of the one uh, Harley Quinn, is now changing its name to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Yes. Uh, What the hell? (laughs) I I will say I did see that it saw a 34% uptick. The day after the name change yeah. at the theater. So call that what you will. Was it a success change in the name? Was it not? We don't know. We'll yeah. find out, you know, I guess over the long haul. But, yeah, I just, you know, Harley Quinn was the main person in the movie. Why would you not call it Harley Quinn? Or like, just Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey from the beginning. Exactly. Because I just the Emancipation, that, that one was way too long. And I feel like if you just called it Birds of Prey, not a lot of people knew about it unless they saw the trailer. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and and the reason they started with Birds of Prey is because this was meant to be a Birds of Prey kickoff. Yeah. It I mean, it, the way they marketed it and almost, I mean, it 
a bad decision is that they were hoping that this would turn into a Birds of Prey franchise. franchise. And Harley was kind of the secondary kind of character throughout this. They were really setting up Birds of Prey. That was a horrible mistake. Yeah, exactly. Because the only reason people want to go see it is because of Harley Quinn. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, they should have focused there. They should have kept it on Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. and, and it was a bad idea. And you can change the name, but... It might be too late. Yeah, just saying. Probably not going to be another one. That said, though, don't listen to the bad, you know, oh, it bombed at the box office, blah, blah. It's actually a really entertaining movie. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I thought it was real. If you like Batman the Animated Series, if you're a fan of Harley Quinn, if you like Easter eggs, if you're a comic geek, go see the movie. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it should have had the right name. Yeah. <laughs> one of the better DC <laughs> movies, I will say. It, uh, yeah. It's in the top five. Top five seven yeah we were talking about this on the after we saw it i feel like margot roby is in the the predicament that hugh jackman was yeah margot roby is so adamant about playing harley quinn right for the fans and doing everything proper for the character and she's nailing it they haven't found the right movie yet yeah like the first few times with wolverine it was like yeah, yeah. until we finally got logan exactly you know so when we when he cursed and killed people and gutted people oh, and like yeah weird. Um, I feel like that's Harley Quinn right now, and yeah. I'm hoping James Gunn can give her the right vehicle exactly. because she's portraying Harley Quinn perfect. Yeah. So I, I just – hopefully it's the right movie. Agreed. Well, I mean what movie for the DC Universe would you say is the best one? I think Aquaman in my opinion. Uh, Well, I'm going to say Wonder Woman just because it was a lot of – homage to superman the movie yeah. which for me is always my right. pinnacle of Makes sense. comic book movies yeah and um but yeah i loved aquaman pinnacle though of everything basically yeah it, well yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's the one it's the movie that made me want to do this yeah so um but i i loved aquaman also and i really liked shazam i think that's the way they need to go yeah so um and i'm hoping we see that with the flash movie i mm -hmm. think they've kind of reversed trek a little bit with the whole dark horror thing and they're yeah. gonna make it more comedic yeah um and i think which is why we saw flash in the flash in crisis on infinite right. earth's crosser because that scene you, yeah you know they do really well on the tv show side of right. it making it serious and drama filled storylines but has a lot of comedy yeah and i think that's the route that's been successful for dc agree aquaman worked that way wonder woman worked that way shazam worked that way i feel like when they don't do that it fails agreed so yeah. other than joker yeah <laughs> It's going to be interesting, man. That's super fucking dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MGM. Guess what, guys? MGM is still doing stuff, even though it's in a bidding war right now to see who it's going <laughs> to yeah, get sold to. It's true. But it's true. Um, it has set uh, D. Reese from Mudbound to yeah. write and direct a feature film adaptation of George Swin's acclaimed uh, Porgy and Bess. Yeah, Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Um, what is this? What is Porgy and Bess? Well, it was a novel, and yeah. then it was uh, turned into an opera, um, and it won all kinds of awards. All I mean, right. it's huge, old school. Sidney Portier uh, starred in it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, I mean, huge, huge back in the day in 1950s. Um, Dorothy Dandridge, I mean, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, it's basically about this woman who's trying to escape her her pimp i got you. um and I and it, i mean d reese killed it on mudbound she's brilliant director yeah. so i think she's Agreed. just gonna nail this um i think this will play well this is the kind of story right now that i think you know y you saw J just um 
the Harlem uh, Godfather there with uh, it just got picked back Man. up. The, uh, and, you know Denzel's movie about the it, this type of stuff did right. really well a couple of years ago. What it was American Gangster or something. Mm. Um, so I I just feel like these type stories are are hitting right now. Yeah. And it, D Rees is a good choice. Yeah. I mean if you're gonna tell this story, it, it's it's she's the right one to do it. Agreed. So Agreed. we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Not one. A couple of years ago, American Gangster was like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Crazy. It was, it's been it was that long. I know. I mean, but it's just. But they're working. Yeah. I mean, you know. Exactly. So exactly, the gangster flicks are always good. The good slash bad guy. Yeah. Um, Netflix doing some stuff. Ava DuVernay has set to direct a feature-length documentary on the late and great Nipsey Hussle for Netflix. This is super awesome. Uh, the co-production between DuVernay's Array Banner and Hussle's Marathon Films. Uh, the project was secured by Netflix after an intense bidding war. Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. I mean, everybody's after Ava right now because she's exactly. like the go-to director right now. Exactly. So, um, And, you know, Netflix is... You know, continuously keeps putting himself in debt to outbid everybody yeah. <laughs> to, to get these. But um, I th- again, I think this is just a subject matter that's going to do really well. I Agreed. think this is a good choice for this type of a documentary, and I think it's going to do well. Agreed. I mean, and I mean, Netflix has done really well in the documentary lane. They have. So they really have. That's one thing I will give to them. They keep pumping out really good documentary length or uh, feature length documentary film so they, yeah good for them agreed Ugh, this next one jean luis castellanos is gonna uh, um appear opposite uh, dylan mignette in the upcoming and final season of 13 reasons why uh-huh. he's gonna play diego torres a charismatic aggressive and fiercely loyal leader of the divided football team oh. struggling to come to their own um after the loss of one of their own yeah so um yeah this this will be final season, man. Yeah. Final season. Yeah. I just I didn't watch the third season. I tried. I started to, but then I just stopped. Yeah, I I, I really think, and, and not, I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody involved with it. I mean, they're all great actors, and yeah, the, the for writing sure. has all been good. And but I just feel like this was a one and done season. Yeah, I, I it. Sh- it made like, its point in thirteen reasons why, yeah. and that should have been it. I exactly. just don't. I don't think it should have continued in season series. two. Yeah, so. should have been a one. You know, thirteen episodes and out. Yeah. I mean, agreed. But agreed. Just, because that first season was just so freaking intense. Yeah, I mean, they tried to keep capitalizing on the school events that could possibly happen and the teenage angst and the dark side of being a teenager, but. I mean, it's gotten so much bad press and so much that I think that people have strayed away from it. So yeah. I think that's just is what it is. It sucks, but life. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Man, it's, speaking of killing it, you brought up doc- documentaries, right? They're also killing it in the animation game, bro. Yeah. Netflix and Spin Master Entertainment now are teaming up for Mighty Express, a CG animated series for preschoolers from the creator of Paw Patrol. It's going to come out in September, and it features an ensemble cast of trains. No, yeah, uh, we were talking about the other week how they needed to get more into the kids' stuff. Yeah. Because that's why Disney Plus was probably so successful off the bat, because it has so much kids' content. You can just flip on anything on Disney Plus, and it's fine. But, yeah, Netflix is smart by getting into this 
like the younger age games because uh, yeah. they need it. <laughs> and this sounds a lot like Thomas the Train to me. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it's going to be along those lines or, you know, because Thomas the Train was hugely popular for a really long time. Exactly. So, um, I mean, you know, but they are up in it, dude. I, I like their venture into animation. I yeah. think it's – and I think they're they're doing it – like Rebecca said last week when she was co-hosting, Rebecca Kennedy, uh, Disney does a really good job of this. I think Netflix is now also – they're they're doing a good job of mixing up the animation, family friendly animation, yeah. but then also animated shows that are more adult oriented. Exactly, and they're kind of mixing it up and having both. So yeah, and I think they have to, like you said, to compete with Disney, they've got to be able to do both because Disney does it really well. Exactly. So, I don't know, we'll see. Exactly, we shall see. Uh, now it's time for some Viacom CBS. Uh, yeah. CBS is eyeing a potential event series revival of CSI. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, bringing back the old CSI. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, okay. It's uh, very early stages of development. Um, no original cast members are currently attached. That seems hard. If it's going to be an event series eyeing the revival of, exactly. that would imply original people, but nobody attached yet. Nobody yet. Um, their hope is they want to release this new installment for the show's 20th anniversary. Yeah. And I, wow, 20 years ago. CSI I know, it's came crazy. That Holy it's been shit. That long. Wow. Yeah, how's that make you feel? Yeah, old, because <laughs> I mean, I remember, but true. I mean, Lil Cam Emily, she was a baby, man. I. Back in the day when I was like still doing that day job stuff, I had a manager's meeting in Vegas, and yeah. I ran in and got to meet a couple of the original stars. They were yeah. filming in the uh, casino there. That was pretty epic. Yeah. But, yeah, now that I think about it, Emily was a little baby when that happened. So, yeah, exactly. 20 years ago. God damn. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it was really popular for a really long time. Spun off a bunch of shows, CSI New York, CSI Miami, and, like, all that good stuff. So, but boy, if it if October, they better get busy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they better sign some people and get busy if they want it to air in October, yeah, right? It's coming up, and it's coming up. Years go by faster than they used to. <laughs> it's so true. Um, man, Quibi. Yes. The one that is just super underdog, yes. super crazy. Uh, Kiernan Shapika. Yes. Uh, from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And Mad Men. Yes, <laughs> and Diane Kruger from In the Fade will star in Quibi's upcoming series, Swimming with the Shark. Yes, I'm excited about this. We talked about this when they announced the, that they were going to do this Swimming with the Shark things a couple weeks ago, um, and great choices. You know, unlike the, the original movie that was focused on males, they're going the female route. Of course. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Uh, Kieran is going to play, obviously, the assistant, and Kruger's going to play the studio head, which, kudos, a woman studio head, right? Seriously. I mean, that's going to be pretty good. Hell yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I also read that the uh, original producers from Kevin Spacey's uh, version are also going to be on this thing. Mm. So I think that's going to be really good. I loved the movie. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It's, it does a really good job of highlighting how the industry really is. Yeah. And then also poking fun at yeah. how the industry really is. Yeah. So there's a reason, guys, it's called Swimming with Sharks. Trust yeah. us. I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't seen the original one either. Oh, dude, you'll love it. I'm yeah. telling you, Spacey kills it in that movie. Yeah. Just, you know, get past his... His art 
is awesome. Exactly. Him, he sucks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Separate it. You got to separate it. It's a really good movie. If you're trying to bust into the entertainment industry and you want a, a, like a really good look at what it's like, Swimming with Sharks and The Player, yeah. two movies I would highly – The Player was with Tim Robbins. Yeah. Um, two movies I would highly recommend you check out for That's sure. Cool. Uh. What's this next one got going on? Kevin Hart doing more stuff? Uh, this is a, a little. They've added an additional cast oh. member to the the Hart uh, that movie that he's going to do. Yeah. yeah. Nathalie Emanuel is going to join Kevin Hart and John Travolta in their Die Hard series. Um, that's getting ready to start this month in Atlanta. Atlanta, man. They got it right. I mean, right. And them film incentives. What's not filming in Atlanta, guys? Exactly. Um, and surprising because of that heartbeat bill that passed last year. So, I mean, they're still getting stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people said they were going to bolt, but, man, apparently not. Um, yeah. So, I mean, she'll also be seen in the ninth installment of Fast and Furious, which is getting ready to come up. Man. She's going to uh, reprise her role as the computer hacker Ramsey. So, you guys know who she is. Yeah. Um, that'll be cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to that series. Yeah. Honestly. And apparently, guys, because we talked about this also, there was some question, yes or no, but um, apparently the Quibi app is available now. Oh, really? So, I mean, go go to your whatever store, your Google store or the app store and, and check it out. I mean, might have to do that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so Quibi. I mean, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, these are like little series or little movies specifically for your mobile devices, and they're all shorts. Like, like these series, each each episode's going to be like you know five minutes or you know something like that. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. It's uh, Quibi new episodes daily. See, there you go. Interesting. And they're short little episodes. So yeah, exactly, that'd be easy to binge watch. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, this next one I'm so super excited about. Bankside Films, George McKay, Mackay, uh, however you say his name. <laughs> Phenomenal actor from 1917. Yes. Who should have been nominated for best actor Agreed. because he led the motherfucking film. Exactly. Um, and Lily Rose Depp have signed on to star in writer-director Nathalie Bonarchi's <laughs> Wolf. That's right. That's right. Okay, and it the premise is a, a man who believes he is a wolf trapped in a human body. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Lily Rose apparently going to follow in the steps of her dad and, like, star in this weird shit. Ah. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. come on, let's be honest about it. Johnny Depp stars in some weird shit. He does. I mean, so maybe Lily's just going that route. I, I mean, know, right? Did you see the hashtag that after uh, uh, Amber came out with some audio clip that admitted she hit him so it was like yeah hashtag save Don- johnny yeah Depp, they're right? saying so that she's like, the real aggressor in the relationship they're and that both she... crazy yeah they're both crazy yeah look let's be honest about it you know whether she's beating on him and 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 mentally abusing him or verbally abusing him he also did it to her so they're both fucking crazy exactly like, like, i mean just... just separate them have them both yeah. think away from each yeah, other yeah just both of y'all move on, man. Just, you know. Exactly, exactly. And I love Johnny Depp's films, but yeah, motherfucker's a little crazy. He okay. is. I mean, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, just sometimes people shouldn't be together and they Agreed. shouldn't be together and just move on. Exactly, exactly. Well, Pharrell Williams is moving on to the film side of things. Yes. Um, this is kind of cool. He has signed on to produce a 
Mickey Alfred directed drama North Hollywood, which is billed as being the first movie ever about becoming a pro skateboarder. Yeah, very interesting. Really interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, apparently it was submitted to Sundance but was rejected. Yeah. So the filmmakers, these guys decided to have, they're just going to hold a screening and have a bidding war, basically, in the if, if, four wallet in a theater, and that's how that's how they decided to do it. Everybody yeah. went after it and. It's going to get picked up. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if it's any good or not because that seems to kind of be a lot, or that topic seems to kind of be um, relevant right now because not about becoming a pro skateboarder, but skateboarding in general, just the culture. Because uh, I think of Jonah Hill's uh, directorial debut, mid 90s. Yeah. It was all about teenage group of misfits skateboarding and like just becoming really tight knit, close friend group. So. I mean, yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Well, and look, the the short film, best best uh, short film, you know, exactly. live action, how, learning how to skate, you know, skateboard exactly. in a war zone as a girl, and uh, Tony Hawk was at the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely relevant right now. Hell yeah. Um, you know, so. Mm. This next one. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You like the Gyllenhaals, the old twins, the Gyllenhaals? Maggie Gyllenhaal is going to make her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. And, man, you can't line up a better cast to I make know, it, right? right? <laughs> the queen herself, Olivia Colman, yes. Dakota Johnson, Jesse Buckley, and Peter Skarsgård are all going to star in her directorial debut, which is a feature adaptation of The Lost Daughter. Ooh. And as if directing wasn't enough, she also wrote the script so yeah i mean uh, come on you know her and jake are like ridiculously talented yeah i mean these these guys are like killing it in hollywood and have been for decades um so i'm really excited about this i think she's been an underrated actress for a long time so you know i'm i'm surprised it's taken her this long to make the directorial debut yeah honestly so seriously and i mean verizon also dabbling in the film entertainment and tv side yeah I mean, they've embarked on five million in production budgets for female-led entertainment projects with the twin goals of burnishing its brand and encouraging filmmakers to tap into capabilities of its 5G wireless network. Yeah, my guess is that they're also going to push the iPhone yeah. or any smartphone <laughs> that's capable of shooting at, at, at you know, high def uh, 4K, yeah. you know, uh, kind of resolution. Because um, I'm guessing from what that sounds like, they want you to use their 5G network and their smartphones to make films. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... Good for them. Yeah. We need more companies like that to encourage female filmmakers. Agreed. You know, and we know we've seen it. You can shoot on phones now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and you can make an epic movie on your phone. So, and if they're going to give you five million dollars of budget to do it, go for it. Do right. It. Like, I there's mean, no reason not to. <laughs> no, I think I think it's great. Um, and uh, kudos, like I said, female, we're all about female empowerment. We're all about driving home, uh, getting females involved. And and, uh, I mean, you know, hopefully we can, this leads to more nominations. Like we were talking about at the top of the show, you know, get some people up there, man, some women. Right. Oh, just then, just now, while we were recording inside the crazy ant farm, uh, Emilio Estevez will reprise his role. Yes. See, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Gordon Bombay making it. I hope he 
he's taken on the role of you remember in the uh, original Mighty Ducks his mentor the old guy that would sharpen the skates yeah. and was kind of like yeah. I'm hoping Gordon will be like the mentor to Lauren Graham's character that would be cool and kind of like you know yeah. I used to be the coach of this team this is not what I ever wanted it to yeah. be kind of and like yeah. encourage her to go get what he did yeah. you know that would be epic man that would, that would be, be epic, epic. Oh, good man. I'm glad I like Emilio right maybe if this goes really well we could get him to come back in another Young Guns exactly I got I love the fucking Young Guns movies, man. I knew Billy the Kid died, but fuck, man. Do a prequel or something. We can do it. You can de-age him now. We can de-age Billy the Kid. Emilio can still be a kid. That's all I'm saying. All right. There's one of my rants. If you listen to Robin Slim last night, I go on these tears, but I'm just saying I like Emilio. Let's de-age him and do another Billy the Kid, all right? All right. Good stuff. Well, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one only Kevin Weissman coming on. Yes. To bring so much information some great down home information about his career his life he's just a all-around I mean, cool dude dude and you think about these epic people that kevin has been able to work with jj yeah. abrams kevin smith just like these phenomenal fucking people that he gets to like be associated with and and do this work with man and like fuck i know this is a fun one i think people are really gonna like this one it is it is I hope everybody's ready, because Kevin Weissman, here he is. Kevin Weissman, welcome inside the crazy ant farm, man. How are you? What's going on? What's going on? Justin and Logan. <laughs> That's yes. right. Yes. Are, are there actual ants? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, yes, we are the actual ants, and we are actually crazy, so, you know. <laughs> I hope you're ready. That's right. Joey, right Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> there he goes. Hope everybody enjoyed the interview. That's right, man. Before we can yeah. even thank him. Uh, seriously, though, man. I to make sure I sounded good that was it no 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 you're you're great man um seriously though thank you so much for coming on because we have so many fans of your obviously runaways is a huge hit we've got so many marvel fans that you know we've had a lot of the daredevil people on and just you know it's it's been a huge phenomenon we've got a lot of listeners there out there and then dude we've got a massive scorpion following dude so they're pretty pumped that you're on as well so you know they're the scorpion fans are amazing the runaway fans as well, <clears throat> but there's something about the Scorpion fans online. They have a really strong presence. They are constantly tweeting and posting photos on Instagram, wanting to save the show. I get messages: When is the show coming back? And I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not the studio. Right. <laughs> I'm actor. I, I wish I could grant all of the amazing fans uh, the wishes to, to bringing the show back. But unfortunately, I don't have that that power. Right. And now I'm getting that uh, from the Runaways as well as it's as it's coming to a close. And I, I get people asking me about the return of Alias. Yes. Well. Again, I say, unfortunately, I'm not Bob Iger, uh, and I can't uh, I can't just uh, you know. I wish I could. I wish I could. Right. See, that's so funny because, that, yeah, I, all of that I want to talk to you about because, yeah, you have been yeah. fortunate enough to have been in some, like, massive hits and, and that had huge fan followings. Like I said, Alias, I mean, Marshall just scene stealer every single time, dude. Every single time. I, I was a huge fan of the character. And then I think when everybody saw Jennifer Garner in Peppermint and it was such a huge hit, everybody started talking like, oh, she's back. Let's bring Alias back. Yeah. So are you down with that? Would you totally be down with revisiting Alias if it happened? I would. You know, I, I think as with any television show or film, I think it really just depends on if the folks who were creating the narrative came up with something interesting, an interesting way 
right. because you're really setting yourself up for disappointment with a lot of these things, and I, and I think we've seen that, right? When they try to bring something back, and oftentimes it's impossible to live up to the fans' expectations. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that really did it was, for me, was this great. Well, the, I thought the X Files revival was was this recent one was really good on television. Right. I don't know if you did. You guys see that? Absolutely. And then also the um, yeah, the, the, the I really enjoyed the uh, the Karate Kid. Uh, reboot on YouTube I thought was really fantastic yeah Cobra Kai yeah. They, right they both had very interesting ways in back into the characters and mm-hmm. into the world so just to finish that thought I think I think if JJ were to want to do it and the actors were uh, to jump on board they, they would have to find a really interesting way to bring it back as opposed to just kind of going back to where you know we we were because Sydney would now be 20 years older yeah right, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, Dustin and I talk Maybe about her it. Daughter. Her daughter. <laughs> yeah, that'd be exactly. awesome. Exactly. New storyline and all that stuff. I mean, Dustin and I talk about all the time with all these reboots happening. It has to be done right. Which is hard. And people don't realize, you know, I have a lot of regular friends. And it's not easy. I mean, I have some friends who write on the blacklist. I did a few episodes of those. And mm-hmm. It's just so complicated. You know, I mean, there's just so many pieces to try to craft these narratives and I think audiences are really savvy and smart and they really expect a high level of storytelling so I think it's uh, like I said it's, it's it would be to answer your question yes I would totally be <laughs> I think it would have to I, I think it would have to be something where they could they could get into it from a, a fresh perspective That's absolutely I'm, I'm saying, but I would love to work with those people you know the writers on that show it was like an all-star lineup mm-hmm. you have you know Kurtzman and Orsi Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi they yep. went on to do incredible work right with Star Trek oh yeah and, yeah um, Alex, they've got the new Star Trek coming on with um, uh, some of the original cast they've got I mean I, the list goes on Scorpion yep. uh, Alex's company and then you've got uh, Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec those guys have gone on to do great and Drew Goddard who's gone on to do amazing things obviously JJ um, the actors have all gone on to do really well so it, it was an amazing time to, to be working I didn't really realize it because I was pretty young at the time and it was an early job for me and I had been working but that was a big job and, and I just thought oh well everything I work on is it's going to be an amazing group of writers and mm-hmm. actors. It hasn't always been the case. <laughs> <laughs> Man, was I wrong? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I think the thing that that makes you get onto these projects that are just like people love so much. I think your characters are always unique, dude. They're always quirky. They always have this like personality that just draws you, you know, to the character. And I, I, I think you have yeah. killed it that way, bro. Like on every, it just seems like every character you play, you're like this guy everybody's rooting for. You know, and, and I just think it's great, man. Well, that's really nice of you to say. I I appreciate that because I think, you know, I, I come from the theater and that's my background. And, you know, I think in, in the theater, you, you, you don't really have an opportunity to, once you're performing, obviously stop and analyze what you're doing. You have right. to kind of just plow forward like a freight train, right? So it's not, it's not really relating to what you're saying, but I think I always just figured, you know what, let's not worry about what happens. Let's just keep it alive and honest and interesting, which is what you have to do in the live theater because anything can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. 
and you you know what I mean? Like, and you cannot stop. So it, it's it's uh, it's just a way that I approach characters, which is like, let's just. Uh, and this isn't as much related to the theater, but let's just be as real as possible. Let's be, let's just have real people as opposed to, you know, there, there seems to be kind of a... Or when I started doing Alias, there was kind of a new wave of acting, which was a very, you know, understated... I don't know, this thing where young actors thought that realism was, well, I'm just going to be really quiet and soft. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Like on a lot of these shows, these emo, emotional moments and shows, it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's not, and they And so they take being really quiet, soft, and uninteresting as being realistic or as being natural. That's what they're thinking natural is. But when you study in the theater, you realize, well, being natural is really just listening. Right. right? Agreed. And, and, and being, being present. So, you know, we're talking, we're talking over each other. You know, I'm, I'm thinking while I'm talking, so I'm, I'm stumbling or interrupting myself, or you're laughing or I'm laughing. Like, that's what being alive is. That's what life is. So exactly. I was like, hey, let's try to replicate this on television. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just be real people, as you see in film, uh, oftentimes, or on stage, or in life? But it wasn't happening as much on TV. I mean, you had it a little bit, like, with NYPD Blue and... Right. With um, some of these shows, right, where people were starting to kind of be real people and gritty. And I just was like, that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to audition. If I get jobs, great. If not, well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Like it is what it is. But, yeah, like, and I just I would always be really prepared, you know, with the material. And I'm not saying that I would not honor the writing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, just being really present and making it as alive as possible. And, and you know, there are great, great actors who do that, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, who one of my one of my favorites, you know, Sam Rockwell. Definitely. You know, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, these guys are, like, killing it with the very thing we're talking about. Like, they take the, the material on the page and they elevate it to make it, you know, as real as possible. And then you get people you work with, like Elias Cabell and these great actors who are right there with you, and, and it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I he's think... The on, he's the lead on Scorpion, for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. Everybody knows. Um, <laughs> like I said, he, uh, at least all of our listeners. Um, like I said, though, I think that's what that works for you, because uh, it, what makes all your characters so so unique and what draws them to is the realism. I feel like you can connect to your characters, because there's somebody in there. You know, yeah, I think all the viewers can be like, I, I can relate to him. I've been there. I've done that. I, I've felt that. So I think that's what works so well for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that's what happens when you bring real-life situations into your roles. Like you said, I mean, it makes people connect with it so much more, which is awesome. Yeah, I thank you for saying that because I think, you know, I would get a lot of people after Alias aired and and they would ask me, like, oh, are are you really good at, you know, computer technology? And I was like, no, (laughs) don't ask me any questions. Um, Because, you know, I would just, I just like to commit. You know, and and, and honestly, like, I learned that from... People like Tom Cruise are like, you watch these guys when I was younger. I'm like, that motherfucker is committing. You know, he's committing to be a bartender. He's committing to to be a a, a football player in this great book of all the right moves. You know, and and whatever people think about Tom, I think he's a great actor. He commits. Yeah, I I I just like people. Yeah, dude. Even when I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman. In Twister, you remember Twister? Yes, he was Dusty. Of oh. course, I remember Twister, man. He, uh, that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, 
Yeah. I was yeah. like, what did that guy committing? Who was that guy? Exactly. Right? And, uh, yeah, just, I was like, that's what you have to do as an actor. You have to commit because you can't be afraid. You know what I mean? And that's my thing. It's like, I'm, you know, um, I went to college with Jack Black. He's another uh, example. Oh, you yeah, definitely. just goes for it. Absolutely, you know, man. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you got to take it and run with it. And, like, you know, I'm glad you brought up uh, Seymour Hoffman in uh, Twister because Dusty stands out. Like you said, it wasn't a huge role, but it's a memorable role for sure. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's not on the page. It's not like they wrote this great part for Dusty in Twister. He was just a guy who had some lines, but, like, in the group scenes, and I remember this when they're all uh, looking up and there's a Twister coming in, and, like, he's just going for it. And he's, like, in it. And nobody told, I guarantee you, nobody told him to do that. He just made a choice. He was confident. You know, and it's scary. It's it's a little scary sometimes to do that. Like, when you're a young actor, you're like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And uh, you just have to have the confidence that, you know, nobody, you have to have the confidence to fail. You know what I mean? That it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we hear time and time again that it's 90% auditioning and 10% actually acting. So 90% of the time, you are getting no's and critiques. So you have to be a very confident person to keep moving forward, especially if you have some producers or directors that kind of are assholes. So (laughs) it makes sense. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because, yes, a lot of the times they... Producer directors are not necessarily assholes. They just have so much insecurity as well. Right, they're exactly. Trying to get the next job, and so your job as an actor is not to be uh, seeking approval, right? It's to just be a peer mm-hmm. and another, and just a, a valuable asset. Do you know what I mean? Like they want it's. it's, it's I would almost. I would almost say 90% of directing is casting so if you yes because I've, I've done some directing as well mm-hmm. theater producing I've produced some films and if you can get a great actor in there like I, I hired Brian Cranston on this indie film I, I did years ago with Michael Gorgian and we knew I mean Brian was a friend he did us a favor but I was like oh he's gonna be great like I don't I'm de- like we're done like that role is done he right he's a great actor and he's gonna be fantastic and uh so at that point, if I'm not talking to Brian or giving him praise, it doesn't mean I don't think he's great. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know you're going to be great. Like, you're going to be great. And so, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you can get someone in there that you that you know is, gonna, is just going to do the job, like that actor shouldn't at that point be seeking any approval. But what you're saying is, yes, there is a lot of rejection, 100%. Oh, yeah, every job, for every job that I've got, there's so many I didn't get. But I also, I also feel like what I tell actors is, you know, you're, you're not really auditioning for that job. You're auditioning for the next job. Mm-hmm. You're auditioning just to, to make fans. Because there are things out of your control. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of times they'll go with somebody a different age or a different ethnicity or, you know, whatever your energy, it just wasn't right for that piece. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be, like, super prepared. Always be prepared. Always go in with a choice. Make a strong choice. Be present. And, you know, be professional. Get right. in, do it, make your choices, and move on about your day. Like, it's not about, you're not going to, getting the job doesn't make you 
more valuable of a human being. Mm-hmm. It, what makes you valuable is that you respect yourself after the audition, right? That you're that you're like, hey, I, I did everything I could do. I was prepared. I was I I, I wasn't seeking approval. Mm-hmm. I was just making a choice. I was doing the work. And at the end of the day, that's all you do. There's a great YouTube video that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, you can watch of him talking about auditioning, which is which is basically about that. Basically saying like, look, the audition. Somebody paid for this space. They're giving you an opportunity to do it. That's all that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't. The the result isn't what you should be concerned about, unless you know you, you absolutely 100 percent need to pay your rent. You have like literally literally zero money, which we've all been in that situation. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Right. I mean, yes. At the end of the day, it's a business, but. You know, you really have to remove the ego. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, right. Like, it's not about. It doesn't matter. Like, nobody really cares. No one knows you didn't get that job except you. Exactly. Or, but it doesn't even matter if you don't get the job. Like, just be professional. I can't tell you how many times I've not gotten a job, and then a couple years later, that person will hire me. Like, hey, you were great in that thing. You just weren't right for that, but you're right for this. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of people on our show talk about that, too. I mean, Jason Warner-Smith, who's an Atlanta actor, and auditioned for The Walking Dead like 10 times, 10 plus times, but then they kept putting his uh, resume in a folder saying, ah, he's it, the right part just hasn't come yet. The right part just hasn't come yet. So you just yeah, have to... there you go. ...making connections, man, for future stuff, like you said. And I like what you said, too, about the actors and producers as well, because... They're normally depicted as the mean people and everything, but we're all just anxious people, so we're all just trying to make the best possible product. So it makes sense yeah. that, I mean, just trying to get the best out of someone, especially if you have someone like Brian Cranston that's just, oh, he's awesome. So, I mean, I really don't have to put as much pressure on him as I do other people. That Yeah, that completely makes sense. Right, and obviously I'm, I'm using an example of a, of a wonderful actor, but it's it's uh yeah i don't i don't and unfortunately only one person could get the job right right, right. that doesn't mean that there weren't a lot of people that were great and you know again all you could do in the audition is just like make a strong choice be present listen like you know if, if, if you're gonna if an actor's going in for an audition be super prepared but also be open to you know whatever inspires you in the moment mm-hmm. you know absolutely what I mean? Um, but you can only do that if you're prepared. If you're not prepared and you try to just be inspired, it's kind of like, well, you know, it's like it's like Kobe Bryant. That guy would like play, that guy would practice like nonstop, and he's already good. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> but he was just like, I'm going to be so prepared, and then once the game starts, I'm just going to let a game come to me. That's it. Right. I love or that. Like, or right, or or Jerry Garcia, like you know, great guitar player, like. The guy's a great guitar player, but like he's, I'm in the moment, I'm going to improvise, I'm going to just listen to the other musicians, and I'm going to go for it, you know, and the audience responds. Yep, you know? exactly. By the way, for, for you younger listeners, he's in a band called The Grateful Dead. Yeah, The Grateful <laughs> That's hilarious. See, I man. knew that one. He knew, I knew that, that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. There's an ice cream named after it. That's right. I really do like the fact that you brought up the producer, though, and the pressure that that guy's under or that woman is under. Because, I mean, think about it. You're taking somebody's money 
and you're betting on the fact that it's going to make the money back. And let's let's be honest, most of the time it does not. And and I mean, right. the, the, just the pressure that they're under alone to have to try to cast people or hire above the line, below the line crew, and all these people. I mean, I can't even imagine the daily grind that they must go through. And nobody knows them. You, you know, you get a few Uber producers that you recognize the name, but pretty much nobody knows who that is. And and the pressure that they're under is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a business. Uh, that, you know, the fact that any show makes it on the air at all is kind of a miracle. Yep. Um, let alone a show being approved to get made, like the pilot. Like, you look at something like Scorpion. I mean, that show had an incredible run, and the fans were incredible. But it's also, like, really expensive to make. Yep. There's huge set pieces. There's a lot of action. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the reason at the end of the day, after five amazing years, was, uh, yeah, but I think it's, like, cost a lot of money. Uh, I think I mean I don't know what the reason was but it was weird because the ratings were really good and I'm sure your listeners can test that the ratings were really solid I'm not really sure why there's no one up here so I'm sure I'm going to get some tweets asking me why but I honestly don't know but I just know that it wasn't Ray's fault Right. No, it definitely was not Ray's fault. No. I mean, dude, you were living in a trailer, okay? You were good. You weren't. You, you were saving money. You were good. <laughs> and, I, and, and Elias and I have become really good friends. He's a wonderful guy, a very charitable, great actor. And I was, I was so happy to get to meet him uh, and work with him. Everybody was great. But my point is, is that you know, people don't realize how much money goes into making these shows. Yep. And you know, everybody doesn't also realize that like you have like eight to nine days to shoot an entire episode mm-hmm. it's like shooting a movie every week right yeah. yep. so you have so many departments from wardrobe to hair and makeup to the actors to the props department you know that have to obviously be compensated financially but also like everyone's under a lot of you know strain to get it done right and um so the producers are just really busy, <laughs> and and it's uh, it's. I don't think anybody necessarily sets out to be a bad person no. in this industry. I, you know, except for Harvey Weinstein. I think that. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. You can quote me. On, you can quote me on that one. Oh yeah, no, uh, we love that. You're good. <laughs> I think that it's just people are under a lot of pressure, you know, and and it's a lot of money at stake and people's careers and. So I think people probably just get a little overwhelmed. I, I honestly have not met any, you know, the people that make it really far in this business are generally good people. I mean, some of the, the biggest movie stars that I've met uh, are really nice people. People like Tom Hanks and Colin Farrell. Like, it's just great, yep. great guys. Like, they, they appreciate where, where they are. Well, but again, those are actors. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because I want to give a couple shout outs to you from a, from a few people, former guests we've had on, uh, Riley B. Smith and Spencer Garrett. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer Garrett uh, saw you were coming on and said to tell you hi as well um, and bring up Robbers, a, a film you guys did a while back. Oh, but, Spencer, um, yes. Yes. I love Spencer. That guy works all the time. Yeah, he, he had, was he was he on your show? He was, man. We've had, we've had Spencer and Riley on, and and they're both oh. fantastic, man. Spencer's just the nicest guy ever. But what I wanted to tell you is they echo that towards you. Yeah. They they have said that you are one of the nicest people they have ever met. You are kind. You treat the crew well. You treat your fellow actors well. You know, and there there is no above the line, below the line to you. It's everybody's a person, and you treat everybody. So I just wanted to pass that along. And Spencer did say hi, so hi. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, Spencer, um, he's a great actor, and uh, so happy for his success. And Riley is uh, 
is a sweet kid. And when I met him, he was like, how old is he now? Yeah, teenager now, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's getting yeah. up there. <laughs> but the weird thing is, he was like nine years old, I think. And he was like, hey, I've watched the entire Alias uh, series. <laughs> They're actually a lot taller in person. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> like, time out, time out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Riley. I guess. Thank you. Thank you, kid. And B, what do you mean you watched the entire series? You're nine. I don't know if this is age appropriate. But <laughs> That kid was uh, is intelligent beyond his years. Agreed, very, very man. Bright, Agreed. Bright it was guy. like we were having a conversation with a grown adult when he was on the show, man. Yeah. It was his first podcast, so you know, and he wow. we were talking all kinds. Of, but yeah, he just blew us away, and we we got to meet him out in L.A. For just an incredible kid, man. Just an incredible kid. But um, yeah, yeah. And very professional, and he was always really prepared. He really sweet kid, and uh, I was glad I got to meet him. And we're friends on Twitter. Yeah, we, we'll message each other. And, you know, on the public forum and retweet and all that. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Riley and Spencer. And Robert, <laughs> I remember, it was like 20 years, 25 years ago, we did a little indie film together, and uh, it was called Robbers. Yeah, That's yeah. where we met. That's We've awesome. been best friends ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently he's trying to play catch up with you, is what he said, because he's getting ready to do a little stint on Goliath, and he said you just slayed it, you know, in your appearance on there. So he's trying to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. You know what? I'm going to give you a little quick anecdote about Goliath, Billy Bob Thornton. That's another guy who is completely genuine. So nice, great to the crew, one of the guys. Awesome. Very relaxed, but also very professional and demands everyone to be so as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he just doesn't demand it, he expects it. Let me put it that way. There you go. And, uh, yeah, demand sounds like a negative word, but he's just a super professional, great guy and one of the most relaxed actors I've ever worked with. And I loved working with him on that season one. I just watched the most recent season two, and, and it was uh, it was really good. Yeah, it's a great show, man. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, Ned is, is, is again, one of, you just knock it out of the park, dude. It's like every every appearance <laughs> you do, it's like this character is just like, okay, this this is like unreal. I haven't seen this before. It, it's so good, wow. dude. It's a, but I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you, man. My my favorite my favorite character by far is Human Target, Martin Gleason. I mean, the way you protected yeah, oh the goldfish, God. bro. <laughs> That's a deep cut. We call that a deep cut. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! We've had both Autumn and uh, Mark Valley on the show, also, and and it's, so to have all three all on, it's like you know that's pretty, pretty epic, for yeah. for one episode. That's pretty epic. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Autumn, amazing, and Mark and I became friends from that too. He's a great guy, so smart and uh, a great actor, ex-military guy, like mm-hmm. really really nice. Um, that's funny, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was directed by John. Tassar, who's gone on to do incredible things. Uh, he was he was one of the producers on Twenty Four. Yep, yep. He's a really really bright guy, and they had they had a really nice budget on that show. We were doing all sorts of stunts and running around, Mark and I, and uh, shot that up in Vancouver. Well, thank you for saying that, man. Not a lot of people bring up Human Target, but I will take it. No, thank yeah, you. dude. I, I, I'm a now it's on DC Universe, so you can watch it. You know, it was only two seasons, but I thought it was a great show. I told Mark, I th- I was just a huge fan, and I just it was well, great. What is it on? Uh, it's on DC Universe, the streaming service from uh, DC Comics. Yeah, it's fantastic. Both seasons, oh, man. Where do you get that? 
that's like another app that you download, like Hulu yep. or uh, yep, Amazon? yep, exactly. Oh, and what do they have on there? Like the Flash? Oh, dude, they have it. Like so, all all of the DC Comics movies. They've got uh, original shows, uh, Titans, Doom Patrol, all kinds of stuff, man. Plus, oh yeah, Titans. Oh yeah, dude. I've been reading about Titans. That's a big show. Yeah, yeah, and I mean both are phenomenal, Doom Patrol and Titans. But that's where it's at, and you're on there, bro. You're on there with Human Target, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like the goldfish. That, right, and the goldfish. <laughs> Don't forget him. No, you can't forget him, man. That's awesome. Okay, so we <laughs> want to talk about Marvel because, like I said, we've been really fortunate enough to have Akira Akbar from you know Captain Marvel and and Amy Ruppert from Daredevil and like all these amazing people. And the one thing that they always tell us, so we want to know if it's the same with you. The audition process was like this covert, top secret. They went and had to audition in, but they had no idea what they were auditioning for, and it was like in a room kind of a thing. Was it the same way with Runaways? Were you aware of or told um, what it was? or Sort of, yes. I had heard it was, gosh, I don't even remember. I just auditioned one time because I had already... I already knew Josh uh, Schwartz. We had worked together on uh, Chuck. There Chuck. you go, Chuck, yeah. <laughs> yes, I had done an episode of Chuck, and I knew Josh, and they knew me, And uh, but I did go in and read with the cast character, Patrick Rush, and it, they were kind of like dummy sides, yes, so they weren't actual sides from the material. I had heard it was Marvel, but I didn't know really much else. Then, no, actually, I think they told me the title. It wasn't, I don't think ours was a secret, as everybody else's, but we didn't get the script, so I had to kind of agree to do it without right. having read anything. So, But I assumed, my agent and I discussed it, and he was like, look, it's Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, Fake Empire, and it's, it's a Marvel, and it's based on, the, on this comic, The Runaways, and, uh, you know, it's going to be great. And so I thought, all right, well... And then I looked at my character, Dale Yorks, in the comic, and he's like six feet tall. <laughs> and I was like, hey, the fans are going to kill me. I don't look anything like this guy. And then, uh, they were, then they, Josh was like, oh, don't worry about it. Just be fine. You do your own thing. And it's not like that iconic of a character. I think only certain people know right. or knew of the run. I mean, it was a big cult, you know, the Brian K. Bond comic, like, huge following, right? It's not like Superman or, or somebody... I don't know, dude. I, I, I'm a comic book geek, and, and I was thrilled when they announced it. So, yeah. But I, I just think you killed the character, bro. It was awesome. The whole chemistry Thanks, between man. the entire cast is fantastic. Agreed. Um, and, and huge fan of the show. Yeah. Major disappointed that it's not continuing. Um, especially when know, you guys right? do the crossover with Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, Every, was everybody good. was, like, super stoked for that. And then it, both of them were announced to not go forward, and I was really disappointed. Yeah, I think it was not necessarily anything personal about those shows I think um, what I understand they're just kind of uh, you know uh, I don't want to say getting rid of but uh, I think all the Marvel shows are done Right, right, because, I mean, I guess they've consolidated yeah. down now. And uh, have you talked to uh, Kevin Feige? Is, I mean, is there any word about bringing y'all possibility into the other side of it? Or, like, are you guys just, no? no? I did, we did fist bump at the Black Panther premiere, but that was it. Only a fist bump. Um, <laughs> we did not discuss the future. And this was <laughs> prior to us knowing that the show was ending. But what I understand is he's now taking over the, the Marvel television department, and he's, uh, I guess going to just develop shows right. based on characters that are in the cinematic universe. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's too bad. I mean, it, it's a great group, and I think they could have 
gone on to tell great stories with the kids and use the parents, you know, you know, periodically or whatever they wanted to do. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I, the cast was amazing. I mean, you know, first of all, all those kids who played the Runaways, they were so good. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Cast. And, I, and Allegra and um, Ariella, I, I honestly, you know, felt very paternal with them, like like they were my kids. And I have two girls, two daughters, and brought them on set. And they were all, they were so nice. I was like, look at all my daughters. <laughs> it was a beautiful group of people. And I, I was disappointed. And I think that it's unfortunate, but we had three great seasons and all those young actors are going to go on to have great careers. And, you know, what are you going to do? You just kind of move on to the next, right? That's it. But That's it is it. weird. It's weird that they, that they just got rid of all these Marvel shows. There's, I mean, there's so many good ones that people love. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. And and then they, they took it and they popped it up on Disney Plus, too. So now yeah. it's like you can watch it on Hulu and Disney Plus. So I don't know. At least yeah. everybody can see it. So that's good. Yes, and that's kind of when we were talking before we started recording about Alias. And uh, when it was on Netflix for a little while, I was getting a lot of younger you know, people messaging me that they had discovered it and I just think it's great with streaming and Disney Plus people can discover the show now like a lot of my uh, daughter's friends in her middle school are just now watching uh, The Runaways on on Disney Plus and it's great I'm like John Lennon when I show up to pick up my daughter <laughs> <All right. laughs> fantastic how you doing kids how you doing <laughs> I love I love all the, the the name drops of the of the older stuff man it makes me so happy yeah right <laughs> It's like, John Lennon, who's that? Oh, yeah. that's a Beatle. Rogan's like, who's John Lennon? <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> he, was a, he was in a band. He was in a band. That's man. right. That's Once upon a time. Once upon a time. You were in a band, uh, apparently, right? Called Trainwreck. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's pretty you interesting. Know, uh, you guys know Tenacious D? Exactly. Yes, yeah, of course. Kyle Gass. That's right. Good, good friend and little side project when he was in his downtime from uh, from the D. And, uh, yeah, I love playing the drums. It's a lot of fun. I've got a little studio at my house. And, That's cool. Oh, yeah, we, we toured. And they still, Kyle still plays. He's got another band called the Kyle Gas Band, but I wasn't really able to tour. It just wasn't available. Um, so I, I hung up my, my drumsticks. But I do make, with that band, but I do make some special appearances in and around L.A. So I encourage everyone to follow me online on Instagram and uh I will post about the next uh, train wreck. Oh, uh, show. that's going to be epic. We'll definitely make sure to tell everybody where to follow you and too. Um, so <laughs> let's let's go back a little bit because you bring up the music and, and the stuff like that. How did you get started in the industry? Like, was it something that you just kind of always knew that you wanted to do, be involved in theater and film and television? Or was there a music dream? Or were you going to go on the road with the band? Or like, how did it all get started, man? Well, I did play, uh, I loved uh, performing at a young age, um, you know, and I did plays at my uh, grammar school and middle school. Um, and then when I got to high school here in LA, I started uh, competing in these drama festivals where you would do Shakespearean pieces and contemporary plays against other kids from other schools. And I started doing pretty well with those. I started uh, w- winning some awards. You do scenes from these plays, like either a monologue or two-person scene or a group scene. Right. And I was thought, wow, this is really fun. And I really enjoy it. And um, I just enjoyed the storytelling and I enjoyed reading these plays and then I applied to UCLA Theater School and uh, started a theater company there while I was there. I got into the, to the theater school uh, with some contemporary 
Aquarius that have all gone to do really well. Awesome. And we started performing in and around the LA area. After graduation, I moved to New York and studied at a theater called Circle in the Square Theater out there for about a, uh, a short period of time and came back to LA and I was doing a play with my theater company, Buffalo Nights Theater Company. And an agent uh, at the time saw me in one of the plays. She was an agent of one of the actors that we hired. And she ended up representing me. And her co-agent is still my agent to this day, 25 years later. Wow, awesome. Um, yeah, so once they started representing me, which was just from seeing me in this, in this play called Sophistry by the great young writer Jonathan Mark Sherman, and it was about these kids graduating from college and that the abyss that you feel once you graduate college. <laughs> You'll see, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. The early 20s, the early 20s, you know, when you're just trying to figure everything out, it's just a great play. And I, the, the part that I played, the play had been done in New York at the Malapart Theater Company, with, uh, which was Ethan Hawke's company, and my part was put by Steve Zahn, a great actor. And oh, yeah. I, is a really, yeah, you know Steve, and a very funny part, and so I got a lot of attention for it and got this agent, and then I, I started, um, they started sending me out on auditions, and I got this movie right away, I got a part on Frasier, that was one of my first parts. Oh, epic, um, epic. Seriously. You remember Frasier, I had like two lines, yeah. like painter <laughs> number two, painter number two, <laughs> 1994, and then I went to Australia to do this movie called Beverly Hills Family Robinson, which was like a take, uh, you know, a remake of Swiss Family Robinson. Sure. With uh, Diane Cannon and Sarah Michelle Gellar, pre-Buffy, pre-Buffy. <laughs> and uh, then I came back and I got uh, cast in this uh, TV show called Polly with Polly Shore. Yeah. This show. Yeah. Was, remember that? I we, do we remember did, that. We were, can, we were canceled after five episodes, but it was on. <laughs> but it was on, it was exactly. <laughs> Paulie Shore, you can man. Find that's... It on YouTube. Wow, yeah. yeah. Shore, great guy. Oh, yeah. Great guy, the nicest. And he's still out there touring. We're still friends. And that was, uh, that kind of helped get me in the industry. Like, oh, he can be a series regular on a show. And then I just started doing pilots. I worked on, uh, worked on some pilots that didn't go. And then uh, I did an episode of Felicity where I met JJ. Yep. And then I did X Files, which kind of got me some attention. A uh, great episode with uh, Will Will Sasso, directed by none other than Vince Gilligan. It was yeah. his first directing. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and he uh, really nice. And then uh, I remember my manager called me and she's like, "Hey, JJ wants to see you for this show he's doing called Alias." And the part was written for this guy in his mid forties, uh, and I was twenty nine at the time, twenty eight, mm -hmm. mid forties. Um, you know, heavy set, Molly Crew t-shirt, ponytail, you know. <laughs> it screams you. I, like, I, I can see why JJ yeah. called. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I'm none of these things. And I guess just go in, go in, and this is the lesson actually. Like, they never know exactly what they want. Like, it, just go in and do your thing. Yep. And, um, and I did, I ended up getting the part, which is amazing, and... Then things kind of just took off from there, you know, because that show was on for five years. And I remember going to the, to the, and all during this time I was doing theater with my theater company and staying sharp. And because as an actor, even when you're working, there's definite downtime. And I really just wanted to keep working and keep getting better as an actor. So we did, did a, you know, countless plays in, in LA. And then I ended up working with uh, Mark Taper Forum and La Mirada Theater and the Geffen and some other larger theaters. But, you know, 
that show, I remember going to the to the pilot, you know, screaming with my agent. And after it was done, we turned to each other. And we were like, "Holy shit, that was good!" Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was only in like one scene in the pilot, but I mean, that's an incredible pilot. I yeah. Like, oh yeah. Amazing. I can't believe I'm in this. <laughs> And yeah, and, and and like you said, five years, man, and uh, it was just it, it literally like a small film every week. It, I mean, the, the stuff that, that they put yeah. together in that show was incredible. Yeah, and it was shot on film. Yep. Speaking of film, it was shot on thirty-five, and uh, it was just at the beginning, like high def, so they would kind of frame stuff in the third season. And then I remember the DP saying, "Hey, look at the framing here. We're do we're doing it in standard and high def." I was like, "What?" What's that? Hey. <laughs> and, uh, this was like 2003, 2004. And um, yeah, I mean, and those were incredible actors. Like being from the theater, you, uh, you're great theater actors, Victor Garber and Ron Rifkin. Oh, Paul yeah. And and, yeah, I was like, this is amazing. I'm part of this. And, you know, you had to bring your A game. It was like one of those things where you had to show up ready to go because these were some, like Billy Bob, these were people that, that really demanded in a good way, like just like professionalism. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's how I learned to be professional and to like always be ready to go. <laughs> I do see some younger actors that aren't as you know prepared sometimes, and it and it, and it does it does raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, like, I can see. Yeah, show sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's like, hey, there's a lot of other actors who would love to be in your position, so. Want to be you know respectful of what we're doing here. Exactly, exactly. Well, consulting the IMDb Bible a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw that you worked with Kevin Smith in Clerks Two. What was that like? He's a personal idol of mine. So, what was that like? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I get recognized for that so much. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, because I think like you, there's so many people. Usually, it's like the valet guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> I understand. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. <laughs> the guy, the, the guy, my daughter skateboards, so we go to the skate shop. I'm a big, I'm a big hit. Yeah. Uh, but dude, again, it yeah. was another character that's just unforgettable. Exactly. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Well, I was so, I was so surprised that I got that call because Kevin was a fan of Alias. And so they just, my agent just called me. He's like, hey, Kevin Smith wants you to be in his film. I was like, what? That's crazy. Okay. And uh, he was so super cool. And he knew he knew Jack and Kyle, so we kind of had that connection too. I think he had come to see Trainwreck. And um, you know, he was one of those guys that was behind the monitor. I mean, it was all it was pretty much scripted. But I would improvise a little bit. He would just yell stuff out, yell lines out. He was just writing, writing, writing. And um, it was kind of like high, like pressure, but also like really fun. Yeah, that's you know awesome. I mean? like we were, yeah, it was cool. Like he was another guy that just was like, let's just do it, let's have fun, let's find something, let's find it. You know, so it, it, he's a cool guy. Well, I only worked on that one day, but that scene has become kind of iconic. Oh, right. definitely, yeah, seriously, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, the battle between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're doing another one, I think, but I haven't gotten the call yet. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I was gonna say he's doing a lot of DC stuff lately, popping up in the old Arrowverse. Maybe you jump ship from Marvel to DC and you show up on like Supergirl <laughs> right. or Flash, man. Hey, listen. Who, can someone call Kevin Smith? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna tweet it like crazy. That's right, man. That's right. Tweet it like crazy. <laughs> Why don't you tweet it? And I will retweet it. I, there you go. You. All the people, everyone will retweet it, and then hopefully he'll get it. Yeah, that'd be I epic. I can send him a message too, but then that's that's a little desperate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll be desperate for you. Okay, it's gonna be no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. It'll be all right. We will take all of that. It is completely fine, <laughs> man. Oh, It'll be God. like. 
secret desperation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Epic always. My daughter, my daughter just sent me a little video of me throwing up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how did you find that? She's like, wait, online. I don't know. But, uh, Speaking but of, though, what do you have coming up? What you got in the works, man? Uh, well, I got something coming up that I can't talk about, but I got something, something, something brewing. Uh, all right. That well, you know what good. that means, Kevin. You just have to come back on again and exactly. tell us when, when you're able to tell us. <laughs> yeah, something brewing. And then uh, uh, also doing some writing. Kyle, Kyle and I have a production company, Kyle Gass and I. Nice. And we're, uh, we're developing some things as well. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, just try to get into a little bit more creating, producing, uh, writing as well with Kyle and some other really talented people that I know. But as an actor, yes, I do have something in the works. But uh, that's all I can say. All right. Fair and, enough. Fair and enough. I hear through the... I hear through the grapevine that Kevin Smith is interested in working with me again. That's yeah, right. no, no. That's right. That's right. <laughs> a, few, a few seconds ago, someone told me. That's, That's right. Oh, definitely, oh, definitely going to happen. <laughs> Look, I want to bring yeah. up, too, before but before we get you out of here, I do want to bring up, because you're huge into doing a lot of charity work as well, and I really yeah, wanted to bring that up because, uh, you know, so much respect for that. All of us here involved, we, we, we just, we really believe in that and giving back to others, and, and, and when you're in a position to be able to do that, so... Talk about that a little bit. I mean, you, you take every opportunity for the golf and poker, right? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, it's the kind of thing, like, when you watch Robert De Niro talking about politics, and then people say, like, well, hey, you're an actor, you should have politics, but it's like, his response is, well, no, I'm a citizen, and I'm a, I just happen to have a platform, so I'm going to use that platform to tell you how much I dislike a certain member of our... <laughs> government. Yeah, kind of an orange <laughs> fella, maybe? You know, yeah. With bump, you yeah, know, there you go. Um, and uh, so my attitude is like, hey, I'm I'm in this you know position where some people know who I am, and, and if I can make a difference just by showing up to an event or, um, you know, tweeting about a donation or, or letting people know, I mean, I'm a vegan, I, I believe in animal animal rights, I believe in environmental rights, I'm, I'm, it's very important to me. So I get that message out. And I also have a, uh, a nephew who has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a devastating disease, but they're making strides. Yep. Um, I, so I have an organization called DMD Fund, and uh, that I sit on the board of. I mean, there's nine people involved in the organization. Or um, Tour Duchenne is another great uh, organization for people to check out. So, you know, listen, I'm not really, I'm playing golf, I'm playing poker, I'm, I'm sending some tweets, and I'm, I'm going out there and going to, going to events. I mean, I, I'm just doing my part as a citizen of the world. And, and I mean, we all should do it, right? We all should contribute. But I just feel like, especially people that have any sort of public, public eye, you know, we should try to get yeah. back as much as we can. So that's my attitude. So, so I get out there. So if you got anything going on, let me know. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. And much respect. Like I said, you know, we it just goes back to the kind of individual you are, the kind of person you are. So much respect for that. Yeah, seriously. Well, thanks, man. And I, I'm happy for you guys doing this. I always appreciate people that get out there and, you know, do what they care about, what they love. So I'm, I'm glad I got to jump on and talk to you. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. And we couldn't be more happy to have you on. And like I said, we know all the listeners are going to love it. So we got to tell everybody, though, make sure to tell everybody, where can they follow you on? what social media platforms oh, yeah. we got to make sure they do you can follow me at Dustin's Crazy Ant <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that uh, yeah Cur- Crazy Ant Media man yeah 
That's you. That's you. Uh, no, I'm just my name, yeah, Kevin Wiseman, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. You know, it's all awesome. That. It's all just, just my full name. So come say hi. They all do anyway. All the Scorpion fans constantly say hello to me. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet, man. They're, they've already told us they're going to promote the hell out of this interview. So, yeah. yeah, you'll be good to go, man. Well, I just want to say thank you to um, the Scorpion fans, the Marvel fans, the Alias fans, the Human Target fans. There you uh, go. The fans, there's a lot of them. And just, uh, uh, I appreciate it. You know, it's really interesting because when I started, there was no social media. Now there isn't. It's great to hear from people. You know, I, I really do appreciate all, all the love out there. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> well, and thank you. Uh, you know, vice versa. You, you are that guy that takes the time to respond to people on yeah. social media and like their stuff. And, I mean, that goes a long way, my friend. And thank you so much for coming on, dude. We, we really appreciate it, and, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you on as a guest. All right, thank you, man. You should reach out to Robert Patrick. He'd probably do this, right? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, we'll definitely know. do that. Definitely do that. Yeah, he's a good guy. He'd love to talk to him. Awesome. All right, you guys. I'm going to jump off. Take care. Yep, thank take you, care man. now. Have a good night. That was epic. That was epic. That, like, that's honestly been one of the longest in a while, but one of the most fun in a while. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? We, we say this a lot, but even uh, like throughout this, the theme I felt like through this whole interview was real. Yeah. He was just dropping it, bro. Yeah. I mean, he brings that to all the characters mm-hmm. he plays, but you can just tell this guy is just a genuine, real guy. Exactly. And, and, and I, I love that. looking at all sorts of different aspects of the entertainment industry, because like going back to what we were talking about, directors and producers versus their um, interaction with the actors. I mean, it everybody's anxious. Everybody's just trying to get the best possible product. Absolutely. And, and I think you brought up, and, and he brought it up as well, like the majority of the stuff never sees the light of day. Exactly. It doesn't mean you didn't give it your all. It exactly. doesn't mean that you didn't work your hardest to try to make it happen. Just the majority doesn't happen in, in this industry. And you got to be appreciative for what does and what doesn't, right? Exactly, exactly. Always keep trying new shit because you never know what will work and what will not. And be a good person. Exactly. That's, that's the key. Like Kevin Weisman said, just be genuine, be real, be appreciative, and be a good person. Exactly, exactly. Thank you again, Kevin Weisman, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for the top five segment. Oh, man, this one was difficult. Yeah. In wake of the Oscars, our top five segment this week is top five best picture winners. Yes. Oof, this, this was one was, rough. I mean, guys, there's 92 of them. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to pick five out of 92. A little tough. Exactly. That was a little tough. Exactly. I like the way we did it last week. I mean, Autumn, she's completely reinventing our show. I mean, you so, know, so, you I, know. I think we should do it like that Dude, In more on. ways than one. I know. You know, the top of the show, we kick off the show. That's an honor to Autumn, the holy moly. That yep. came from Autumn. And now, I guess we're going to change up the format for the top five. Thank yeah. you, Autumn. And now she can work a way in for the for the exit of the show with right. Oprah. We're good to go. I mean, exactly. we're going to have to start paying her shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Right, that little 10%. <laughs> a little 10%. Maybe she should get RDJ to do a back-end deal with Inside a Crazy Half. I mean, right. get some money. I don't oh, know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> number five, I know you wanted to put this one on there. but I did, man. You know I'm a Nicholson fan. I know. One flew over the cuckoo's nest for me. That one was, whew, Oh, my gosh. Just trying to evade jail and then going into that in a sane asylum, basically, yeah. with the nurse and all that crazy shit. Like, great film. Dude, great film. yeah. Nurse Ratchet, man. Yeah. Woo! And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that the Douglases, Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. was a producer on that oh, film. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and won an Oscar for it, you know. Um, and Danny DeVito was in yeah. it. But, I mean, 
It is, dude. It's a great film. The end, dude, after Jack Nicholson's been lobotomized yeah, and right. Chief takes that big-ass thing just busts yeah. out of the fucking insane. Uh, it's an epic film, man. Good choice. Hell Good yeah. choice. All right. Now, because I am a little old and I'm yeah. partial to the name Bergman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ingrid. Uh, Casablanca. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, of all the places you could be. Why would you not pick this movie, right. Casablanca? It's a fucking classic. Yeah. I mean, you know. I gotta your... say, I haven't seen any of the films on your list. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just saying. What I... the fuck? I know. Okay, I so know. one. See, you're gonna find that there's reasons I picked every one on my list. Yeah. But that's a Casablanca because, like I said, I'm partial to the name. Yeah. My last name is Bergman, and it's a great fucking film. Put your. I mean, you've heard the the line though, right? You want if you want to learn how to whistle, just put your lips together and blow. Like you know. No, I've never heard that. Or of all the joints in the in the you know how you like. I've never. Heard oh, come that. on, man! Like, <laughs> whoo, go back and all right. I'm gonna make a list of things you need to do before next week's show. Right. Watch Casablanca. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> What's your number four? Number four. I got Platoon. Oh my goodness, that right. one so freaking good. I mean, especially war film. I love war films. Um. So this one kudos 1986 yeah uh, that's that's interesting i i can say that i have seen all the films on your list yeah that's okay but i too my number four is also a um war film yeah yes it's Patton. george c scott won an oscar for this you know yeah for portraying Patton. and um and the film won so um it's a brilliant look at General Patton. General Patton. <laughs> and not only is it a brilliant film, brilliant performance by George C. Scott. I mean, it, 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 like everything about it was great. But he's my relative. I'm related to George no, Patton. <laughs> One of the most famous generals of all time. I'm related to him. In fact, that's how I got a little little piece of trivia here. That's how I got my Library of Congress card. Did you? Yeah, because when you go to the Library of Congress, guys, you can't just get a library card. It's not like a regular library. Right. you got to prove what you're doing. So I used my Library of Congress card and got my library so that I could research my family tree, and I researched Patton because I knew he was a relative. Yeah. And I already knew that, yeah. but that's what I used to be able to get my Library of Congress yeah. card. <laughs> there you go. little fat. Oh, little fat. Yeah. Uh, Can't well, just go up and say I need a library card. No, Doesn't work. Doesn't fun work. Fact about the mouth. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you never know. My life has definitely been interesting. Right. That's all I'm saying. It's been interesting. Number three, J Lo. Number, number three. three. I got mm. Forrest Gump. I mean, who wouldn't put Forrest Gump on their top mm. five? I'm just saying. I, w- I, mean, I he would. He won best picture or best best actor for it. So well I would have, but you I put mean, it on yours. Yeah, that so happens. We're trying not to duplicate. It happens. I. Forrest Gump, man. Yeah, I, can, I know. It's so good. I can relate to Forrest Gump. I, I had a Jenny. Yeah. I, I, I mean, my Jenny's still alive, but I had a Jenny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good for you. Good for you. That's a good one. It's a good uh, choice. Thank you, thank you. Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Unforgiven is my number three. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen Unforgiven. I know. It's the most epic Western ever. Yeah. Right there with Young Guns and everything. Yeah. Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman. It's brilliant. It's old Clint. Yeah. Like old. Actually, he was talking about this when he first saw the script or whatever. He knew this was his Western that he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he's a famous cowboy, like, you know, outlaw Jesse Wales and all that. But this is the one he said he knew was going to be his direct. He wanted, and he put it in a drawer and literally waited. 20 years till he was older because he wanted to yeah, play this guy, yeah, I think I this older, yeah, story. epic yeah. story about it and everything. It, it's highly recommend you see it. Yeah. It's, you'd love it. You would love it. 
can't believe you haven't seen Unforgiven. Uh, it's going to be hard to forgive you for not I seeing not Unforgiven. I've not seen any of these. <laughs> like, and I heard your number two was good, and I heard number one was good, but we'll get to those here in a second. Um, my number two was The Godfather. Yes. Oh, my goodness. How do you not put The Godfather oh on? Oh, my gosh, Marlon man. Brando, one of my all-time favorites, so, I mean, just had to. Had to be. Yeah. Had to be. I almost had another one of his films on my list, but I, I didn't put it there. But, yeah, dude, God, fuck. So good. so good. My number two, Birdman. Birdman. I heard that one was really uh, good. Yeah, another one of those shots with the uh, cinematography. With the whole thing was filmed as one continuous yeah. shot. Uh, maybe, in my opinion, might just be my favorite Michael Keaton movie ever. Really, I just thought his performance as like this aged. It's basically a knock at Batman. Mm. Um, it's about this guy who was a superhero and he starred in all these superhero action movies called Birdman. Yeah. And then just basically washed up afterwards and, and kind of fell apart because he was typecast and couldn't, yeah. you know, move past. And it, just a brilliant. <sighs> can't believe you haven't seen it. <laughs> gotta see it. Um, oh yeah, you gotta see it. Gotta see it. Uh, <laughs> number one, I got this one. Oh my gosh, just because it has like so many of my favorite actors in it and one of my favorite directors. The Departed. Yes. Martin Scorsese's The Departed. I mean, you got Matt Damon, you got Leo, you got Mark Wahlberg, you got Charlie, or not Charlie, Martin Sheen. Yes. Um, so many, Jack Nicholson. I mean, this thing is stacked. It's, it, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. All right. My number one movie, The Artist. Right. If you haven't seen it, it's basically a silent movie about the death of silent movies. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Who would have thought? Let's do a silent film about the death of silent film. Right. I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> and it won an Oscar. I mean, it was a brilliant idea. Hell yeah, man. Oh, good list. Good yeah, list. man. Really that's 10 must-see films. Yeah, exactly. Five for you five for sure, for at least. I mean, five I've seen me. all 10. Yeah. But five for you, you have to see. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it is time for a box office recap. Oh, man. Uh, Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, It pulled in around 33 million. I predicted 35 to 40, so I it under did uh, my predictions. Yeah, so it yeah. kind of sucks. I mean, and yet still number one. Yeah, it's always funny one. to me that when a film opens at number one and has a decent box office, even though it underperforms, that they call it a bomb. Yeah. Like, it was the number one movie I in know, the country. Right? How is it a bomb? I, I mean, know. you know, it might be a loss yeah. on profit, but it's not a bomb. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not from, like, audience-wise. It's just crazy. Uh, yeah. Number two, Bad Boys for Life. Yes. With 12 million, I predicted 10 to 15. Number three was 1917. If you haven't seen this film, please go oh, see it. So good. So good. 19, or it got 9.2 million. I predicted 5 to 10. Uh, number four was Doolittle. I'm so glad this one's still in the top five because it's an underdog. Not a lot of people are talking about it, yep. so please go see it. Uh, it got 6.5 million. I predicted 5 to 10. And number five, the one that just keeps on kicking. It's been like three months, two uh, or three yeah, months. It's Jumanji, next level. Uh, with 5.6 million, I predicted three to five. Yeah, dude. I and I mean, kudos to The Rock and Kevin Hart. I know, right? You know, what's gonna happen? Will there be a Jumanji three if Kevin Hart is no longer the sidekick? Right. <laughs> if you guys don't know, that's what the Hart Show, the Die Hart, that yeah. Quibi series with John Travolta and Kevin Hart. It's about him not wanting to be the sidekick yeah. anymore. So funny that he's playing into that. Yeah. I mean, it's so great. 
Uh, but new movies that are coming out this week, we got Bloomhouse's Fantasy Island. Yes, with Lucy Hale. With Lucy Hale. Come on the show, Lucy. And yes, do it. And we got The Photograph. I really want to see that one. Yes. And then we got Sonic the Hedgehog, which I'm excited about, and you're being a hater. But yeah, not, not, not so much. It's uh, it's fine. Just, yeah. I'm interested to see uh, Jim Carrey back on the big screen. It's been a second. So. It's been a second, and the, and, and the last second... It, it was mediocre. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he hasn't, he's needed a hit for a while now. Yeah. So, hopefully, this will be one for him. Exactly. Exactly. But movies you can still go see Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, Got the Turning, <laughs> uh, The Gentleman. Go see The Gentleman. Yes, so definitely. Good. Uh, Jumanji the Next Level, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, 1917, Bad Boys for Life. Uh, in some theaters, you got Doolittle, Just Mercy, The Rhythm Section, right. and Gretel and Oscar-worthy performance by Michael B. Jordan, yes. Just Mercy. Go the, see it. Yeah, we, we heard it. We heard it. <laughs> uh, number one, I think it's going to be Sonic the Hedgehog, to be honest with you. I think it's wow. going to do pretty good. I think it's going to pull in 45 to $50 million. Hmm. Yeah. I think number two is going to be Harley Quinn Birds of Prey with around 15 to twenty. Number three, I think, will be The Photograph with around 15 to 20. Number four, I think it's going to be Fantasy Island with around 10 to 15. And number five, I think it's going to be Bad Boys for Life with around 5 to 10. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not feeling the Sonic. I'm not. not. But you're, I mean, you'll probably be right, but I, I, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. But no. I, let's just see. I mean, there's been a lot of good reviews about it. It's at, I think, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. right now. After they fixed it. Yeah, because remember, it got hammered when the yeah, the very first, first thing trailer. came out, and that they like fucking hated Sonic. Yeah. So uh, after they fixed it, I guess yeah, they you know just kidding. Exactly. Just kidding. Uh, now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh man, we love this app. We get interviewed on other podcasts and still talk about this. It's app. true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, Jack, the latest and greatest box office numbers. You can contact. Agents, managers, publicists, all these people, if you're a fellow podcaster and want to get famous people on your show, you definitely need IMDb Pro. And if you're an up-and-coming actor, writer, director, anything in the entertainment industry, this is how you contact people, guys. You need this thing. Only $19.99 a month. Definitely worth it. I mean, I've had it for years now. Yeah, years. years. And if you're just a fan, you can track everybody. You'll know before anybody else when a film is going into development or whether it's going to be released or who's going to star in it. You'll know. I mean, it's it's so worth it, man. So worth it. So worth it. Well, the top trending movie, uh, by no surprise, because it's getting a lot of talk, uh, Harley Quinn slash Birds of Prey. Mm. I mean... Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was Absolutely. very entertaining. Absolutely. So, I mean, like I said, probably top five DC movie for me. But yeah, go see it. I, I think so. So much so, I'd love to have Bruce Tim and uh, Paul Dini on the show, yeah. creators of Harley Quinn. Yeah. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a great story about how Harley Quinn became to be. Exactly. So, I mean, it'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. TV show goes to The Stranger, which I think, I think. I think, uh, don't quote me on this, I think it's a Netflix show. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, they're trending all the time on the shows. So, I they mean, are. they're doing something right, but they still are. swimming in debt. Still swimming in debt. <laughs> um, and the top trending star, by no surprise, is Kirk Douglas after yeah. his passing. 103 years, so the man had a very long and great life. So, he did. Uh, they didn't forget him at the Oscars. No, they didn't forget him. They didn't forget. Of course, Michael was like right there, so I did. <laughs> yeah, it's been my bitch, I swear to God. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That would have been really bad. 
but anyway, guys, that is our show this week. Thank you so much for coming to get crazy on this 101 episode. <laughs> 101. Uh, yes. Oh We're God. almost to Kirk Douglas age. I know, right? It's been so great. It's been so great. <laughs> Um, yes, The Stranger is a Netflix show, by there you the way, go. guys. If you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. You know how he found that out? IMDb. IMDb, the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Kevin Weissman for coming yes. on the show and telling us your story. And just getting a little crazy with us, man. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, follow him at Kevin Weissman on all social media platforms. Yes. Um, Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Crazy Ant Media on all social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, all those good places. And follow us personally, myself at JLo Fantastic on all social media platforms. And Crazy Ant Guy 1970 on yeah. all social media platforms. Yeah. And of course, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, so many Stitcher. Other We're like everywhere. It's exactly. crazy. Exactly. We appreciate all of our listeners because you guys are just freaking fantastic. We're thinking about doing a giveaway here soon. So yes. be sure to keep an eye out for that on our social media platforms. This is why you should be following us. That's absolutely why. I'm just saying yeah. you can get a new and improved bonk. You can get an old version of bonk. Whichever shirt you want, really, because we're just crazy nice like that. It's true. So I'm it's just true. Saying. And... You know, interaction, because you guys are so awesome. So many times we're talking and, we'll, you know, you guys will comment when we announce that we're going to have a guest on. And you're like, ooh, find out if this or ask him about that or that. Well, maybe you'll get a chance to do that. Exactly. Maybe you'll be able to ask your favorite celebrity that's coming on the show the question you've always wanted to ask them and we'll get them to answer it for you. So we might be looking into starting that. Exactly. So that'll be fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean... We have so many questions, so many questions, so many questions for the one and only Oprah! Oprah!